Yes, hello, I am James Rogans, and today it's the WNR 427. It's AEW New Japan Forbidden Door, and we are live. But I am not alone. I'm joined by the entire WNR podcast team. Up first, a woman who has vowed revenge after being upended in her AEW predictions last time out, but still by my side for every AEW and WWE pay-per-view. It's Jaxie, how you doing? Hello, what an exciting time to be live right now. We um, are definitely getting something that we did not see coming. And I am just definitely uh, excited uh, to be joining you with this uh, episode of WNR. Yeah, well, it is huge. And like I said, we have got the entire team here today. And up next, it's our resident NXT and New Japan expert. And in all honesty, usually I'll make a joke about this, but we are all in a better position coming into this pay-per-view, thanks to him. It is Monty. How's it going? Wow, what a lot of hype. Now, if I do a horrible job here... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> man, I hope I live up to that introduction. You, you do a really good job of hyping me up, man. Anyway, I'm happy to be here, of course. Uh, history-making show, a uh, very, very big show for people like me who have been fans of New Japan for a long time and have been fan of AEW since the day one and just to kind of see this happen, even with all the road bumps that we've hit along the road, which we will get to, uh, it is nice to finally be able to kick down this forbidden door. So I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Uh, before we obviously the uh, last person on our team, but I just want to ask you, why is this, for anybody that might not know, such a big deal? You know, when it's two promotions with a joint pay-per-view. Can you just explain to maybe people that might not realise what a big deal this is? I believe because this is really the first time since, like, New Japan's working with maybe, if you want to say Impact, if you consider them big, but they was ne- they never really did a joint show, to my understanding, like this. Uh, or and even, even in WCW, they had big shows with New Japan and working in America, but, again, not to this extent. And even when New Japan has been working with Ring of Honor over the years, they've had super shows, great shows, might I add, like Madison Square Garden that Jay White always references. That was a show with Ring of Honor. Uh, But it's never been to this scale with probably this many eyeballs on national television every week in this country. So it's just one of those things where when it comes to exposure for the brand of New Japan, especially with all the stuff that they're doing in America now and the tours that they're doing with Strong, uh, it's just a very, very important time as New Japan continues to try to expand uh, Western, um, well, yeah, I guess it would, yeah, it would be Western for them. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. We're all excited. But last, by no means least, for our last member, I will quote Marilyn Monroe, who did say, imperfection is beauty, madness is genius, and it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. They're dubbing our team's genius. It's Gina. How you doing? Wow, what a great entrance. <laughs> Hey team, I'm so happy with that entrance. Thank you so much. I'm excited to join uh, the team again today for this. And um, I will be probably the one with the more noob answers as I'm I'm not the best with New Japan teams just yet. But I'll do my best to, to say from a noob perspective, I guess. Well, like I said, it's going to be great, and I'm pleased that everybody is here. And what a show we have for today. We will review Dynamite and Rampage, run through the card, and, of course, 
get predictions for the Forbidden Door, all the latest news. But first, we catch up with the latest in Japan because we have been catching up the last few AEW pay-per-views and we last left it with the best of the Super Junior Finals. Uh, and it basically was a rematch of the 2020 final as Hiromu Takahashi took on El Desperado. Uh, and we see Takahashi managing to get the win and his, his best of Super Junior victories is third in a row and fourth all-time. Of course, that is both records. And elsewhere on the June 3rd card, it was another eventful night for Bullet Club as uh, we see Juice Robinson pull from a match. Uh, Kenta came back from injury and they welcomed Impact X Division champ Ace Austin into the fold. Uh, Monty, what do you think of the best of the Super Juniors? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. You know, you have to had the showcase, like you mentioned, of Impact's Ace Austin. Uh, just it's always been a, it's always a great showcase of their talent in the Super Junior division. Uh, some of the strongest wrestling. I think it's a great precursor for the G1, which is what New Japan is going into, which is a huge tournament where uh, the pro- most prominent faces on their roster battle it out for a shot at, at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, in this case, Romu and the, the other juniors battle it out for a shot at the current junior heavyweight champion, which is Taiji Ishimori. And uh, like you said, Hiromu made history once again, just one of the best super juniors of all time, like I said. And uh, like I, like I, if, if you've been paying attention for, the, for for a long time, Jushin Thunder Liger is literally the standard bearer of junior heavyweights. And as far as statistics go in the junior heavyweight division, Hiromu Takahashi has now got to the part where you can put his name right in that category of calling him the best super junior of all time in their company's promotion. And he has accolades that no other super junior in that division has. Uh, so he's just a, a big star, uh, one of the best in the world. And overall, the, the just the, the seeing the many different promotions represented with Willer Uter in uh, Best of the Super Junior and all, all of these other great talents from other uh, organizations like Impact in this tournament. It just shows what New Japan does really, really well with their tournaments, which is showcase the best wrestling around the world in each of their respective divisions. So this was just uh, another awesome best of the Super Junior, uh, where, in my opinion, they've done a great job, like last year with El Desperado, expanding and building him up to where it seemed like he would have had a fair shot against someone like Hiromu, who's kind of like, who's become the standard bearer of that division with Kushida left and stuff like that. So... It's, it's just it's all types of narratives and stories, like you said, even with Ace Austin turning and becoming Bullet Club official. So they do such a beautiful job of weaving stuff together, and I thought this was another great example this year. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, one of the news we uh, news stories we talked about last month in Japan, of course, was frustration with Kota Ibushi. Now, we knew punishments were going to come to each and every one, but again, you're going to have to explain this to me, Monty, because Kota Ibushi got a 10% reduction in pay for three-month period between July and September 2020. Representative Director Takamobra got a 10% reduction in pay for three months. Uh, and the official, the official obviously, who told Kota to come back and was horrible to his mum, got a 10% reduction in pay, as well as a transfer for a different position as a result for inappropriate comments, uh, as we've seen. But don't ask Kota when he's going to come back because that's what started all in the, in the first place. It's a poor shoulder injury from last year's G1 Climax. So I'm glad that was all dealt with, Monty, you know? 
Yeah, it's so weird because I think nothing like this ever happens to that extent where you see a company not only admit or at least like come around to the talent's opinion and be like, you know what, we were wrong. They also, like you said, hand it out. Again, like we mentioned, of course, something had to happen. When you do this publicly in, New G- like in that promotion uh, over in Japan where that does not happen at all, often, of course, Kota Ibushi was going to have to face some type of uh, repercussion. But to see that everyone involved <laughs> kind of got, uh, you know, a stern, you know, warning, basically, with the, the, with the uh, salary reduction and all of that and even – the replacing uh, of people. So it's just so interesting in my opinion, because I don't think I've, I can ever think of any promotion on this side of the pond and handling stuff like that with talent that way. We know not to expect that from, uh, from, from the we, or uh, I don't, I doubt we would ever get that from AEW too. So it is just really, really uh, funny when you think about that, but yeah. Uh, Going forward, I guess we can be optimistic that he will be coming back to New Japan. But with everything being so dif- just different, I cannot predict this at all. Like you said, we have no clue uh, whether or not uh, when the time scale of him coming back. We have no clue what's going like what that all entails. So it's just a weird situation overall. But I am glad that it seems to be resolved. Yeah, I think without that, and I think another thing as well because this is you know. With New Japan, people might think, oh, it, practice might be a little bit different there. But that's fact, when you look into it, it might be a little bit murkier in a weird way because you can kind of hide certain facts and things. But there's no doubt New Japan will work with mostly everybody, you know. And when you consider, uh, as yeah. we are going to talk about with AEW, this, uh, it's been announced this month that they're going to do a joint uh, stadium show or arena show, 15,000-seater, uh, in Tokyo with Stardom and of course Stardom wrestlers Sweet. being involved uh, is going to be such a big deal if anybody doesn't know. Uh, this is huge news and I was really pleased because people might wonder why there's not a lot of female wrestlers or any at all in New Japan uh, and of course right. Stardom with what we've seen that's them to come together mean that this will be like a joint card as well. Yeah, I agree. They've been doing this more and more. I think they've kind of teased it or kind of tested it out with Wrestle Kingdoms of the last few years of letting them go out uh, before the, the the card stores are early in the Wrestle Kingdom cards and letting the women display what they can do in tag matches and other stuff like that, just to kind of get their fan base used to seeing that on New Japan Airways. But yeah, that just sounds awesome. I can I kind of saw the wheels turning on that plan because like I said, they've been slowly but surely easing more stardom promotion onto New Japan content. And I just think it's awesome. Stardom is the, if not the biggest, one of the biggest uh, promotions for uh, Joshi uh, wrestling in the world and the most popular from what I understand. So seeing that, seeing New Japan being able to team up with that and to give us a joint show is just, it's just awesome. They, uh, the work that they do in stardom has always been incredible. Uh, you know, some of all of our, a lot of our favorites have spent time in stardom, you know, with the Tony Storm, with Hikaru Shida, Eos Rai, of course, you know, and uh, Kyrie Sane, who's currently back there. So uh, I can't wait to see Kyrie Sane on a New Japan card, by the way. It's just awesome to think about that can, possibility. Can I so actually awesome. just jump in here right now and mm-hmm. just actually ask you to explain a little bit more as to why we've only got one 
female match on the Forbidden Door card. I'm not very accustomed when it comes to stardom. I know of stardom um, and I know that they're uh, doing a lot of collaborative work right now with New Japan. But why are we not seeing any of this relay into Forbidden Door, considering this is a crossover with, you know, all elite wrestling who do have their own plethora of women on the roster that they could be promoting. And we're only getting the one and they're both wrestlers from AEW. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to complain. I'm happy to watch Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. However, why is it only this match? Is there is there anything that you can enlighten anyone who's just kind of wondering why there's only one female match card? Uh, could you give us a bit more insight as to why we're not getting any more female matches well, on Forbidden Door? Well, I think someone who's who spent time keeping up with this this uh, with Japanese professional wrestling longer than me could answer the exact why. But the way things have always been explained to me is just it's just how it's always been done. They've always had, at least for a long time, uh, the women have their own promotions. Like, there's plenty of other uh, promotions, like All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling and, uh, uh, you know, G- GWP, Joshi Perusu. So, like, uh, Sandai Girls Pro Wrestling. Like, they've always had their own promotion with their own set of tag titles, own set of uh, young girls, own set of, uh, you know what I mean, world titles, all that. They've always been in that in that form so just for the sake of tradition for the most part the males kind of do their own thing and the women do their own thing and uh it's just been that way for a long time it's the way it was explained to me now someone may have a more you know detailed and uh a better answer than that but for the most part (laughs) the only thing i've ever gotten is that this is just how it's always been (laughs) thank you for that monty but if anyone does want to dm me uh, a bit more of an explanation explanation into that i'll be open to listening to you know any input on that so that'd be great to be fair i was surprised there was a woman match even on the show just because of how (laughs) exactly the fact that we got one yeah i mean call me crazy but i was kind of hoping to get a bit more you know uh, I, I was actually expecting, you know, to see Shida or, you know, um, even the likes of uh, Emery Sakura, you know, uh, we have May. Right. Um, what's your name? We've got such a plethora of Japanese wrestlers that do fight on uh, in AEW. Now, I understand from, you know, Japan's point of view that they do have their own promotion, but this isn't just New Japan wrestling. This is New Japan and AEW. So I feel like they've really missed... Um, like a, a real big uh, marker here on promoting on, on a way of promoting women wrestling even more by having a few more match a few more female matches. I'm not trying to complain whatsoever because we've got a very stacked card uh, tonight. But at the same time, I can't hide my disappointment at not getting the opportunity to maybe see a few more female uh, Japanese wrestlers that I wouldn't necessarily know from just AEW. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, again. I agree. Yeah. Monty, you I was just about this. to say, like, the only out I can give AEW when it comes to that is, like, booking, uh, you know, con- conflicts. Like, they've had problems before just to get to get Joshi wrestlers on their show consistently because of booking conflicts and the fact that they have uh, their own schedule set up. So that's the only excuse I really can give yeah, AEW yeah. for that. But other yeah. than that, yeah, uh, I just I know I wasn't expecting New Japan to do anything because, again, like I said, they just never have. <laughs> So, uh, mm. but yeah, you're right about AEW. They definitely could have put a, a Sheeta and Sakura match, or maybe even a Riho tag type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I have no definitely. clue other than maybe booking constraints. That's nothing. 
So, well, we'll say about Stardom as you're talking about. They are the second biggest promotion in Japan, you know, for ticket sales and everything yes. else. So it, it shows the success of women's wrestling in a way. Promotion is just that. And, of course, there's other fields when it comes to Japanese kind of stuff as well, um, especially the kind of women involved. Uh, but like I said, Jack, that's a really interesting point of why there's not more kind of women's wrestling there. Uh, we had one big New Japan event last month, which was Dominion, or sorry, this month, June 12th. That was at Sucker Hall. Um, of course, yeah. the card, the defenders title against Jay White. But before that, and we were talking about Juice Robinson's United States Heavyweight Championship, he was hit with a physical complication uh, that put him out of action due to having appendicitis. So New Japan's yes, I've heard it. Yep, so New Japan decided to stripping of the championship <laughs> straight up and said, we lost Brain, so now they're to contest vacant title at Dominion. So again, like we talk about, New Japan, straight to business there. Monty, just quickly, was that right decision? Uh, because of Forbidden Door, yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, you know, and I had a pin decided, it sucks. He's going to have to take a little bit of time, especially depending on how severe it was. Uh, but what I will say uh, is that the United States title has just it has a it has one of those reputations. Let's say it that way. It's been passed around <laughs> a lot. And so it does suck to just add another notch on this belt, because like we were talking about this uh, ourselves, James, about how it's kind of cursed. And this is just another continuation of that, you know, <laughs> right on the second biggest show for New Japan of the year. Uh, yeah, you have a situation like this. It's it, it just unfortunate. That's the only thing I really can think about it right now. <laughs> well, we'll get on to Dominion because like I said, June 12th, we have Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly. Now, I didn't know Chris Charlton at all until they started speaking Japanese and he's, tra- he's translating it. And I was like, no, fair play, mate. You've earned yeah. money. Um, That's what he does, right? He's awesome. Chris is awesome, man. I'm trying um, to tell you. I love him. I'm so very happy impressive. that he's I definitely, I definitely was not expecting that out of him. So I was very impressed. Yeah. Well, the arena looked beautiful as well. There's something about, mate, I don't know if it's just Japanese, like agriculture, whatever it is, just kind of the way it's uh, built there. First match, Aaron Henry, Francisco Kira, and TJP of United Empire defeating Master Watto, Rizuki, Teguchi, and Hiroshi Tenzan. Uh, we had boxer Jesse Vargas and former wrestler Manab- uh, <laughs> Nakan. Nishi here for some reason. I don't know what reason it was. Nakanishi. Yeah. Just what? just to have someone in their corner too. That's the only thing I got right. for you. <laughs> they just wanted <laughs> someone in their corner. <laughs> he he's a legend, baby face. That's all I got right, for you. Right. No. I was surprised <laughs> with the submission finish, but I thought it was a good match. You get a three and a half out of five. We had Ace Austin, El Fantasmo, and Taji Shimori of Bullet Club defeating mm-hmm. Bushi, Hiromu, Takaha. Takahashi and Tetsuya mm-hmm. Naito of I'm not even yeah. gonna try and pronounce that. Group. Los Ingobernable, they have home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we see ELP hit Bushy with the CR2 to win the match, and I got to say I loved uh, ELP's jacket. For for anybody that's not seen, it's like yeah. Chris Jericho turned up by fifty. It really he should was. have an awesome one tonight. By the way. And I, I was lucky enough to see um, El Fantasmo in Impact to be, and then mm-hmm. obviously through Strong and now here, and it's glad uh, that he's actually going to get, you know, and this was really fun stuff, and I like how the heavyweights were mixing with the juniors, you know, as well in this matchup. 
Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, we're going to have more on Ace Austin next week when we celebrate 20 years of impact. But, like, it was really, really good. We had Tori Yanu defeating Doc Gallows. This <laughs> was awful. Think, like, <laughs> 70s or 80s. And I thought to myself there, can Doc Gallows actually work? <laughs> yeah, uh, the thing is, y'all know you don't go to y'all know matches expecting classes. You know anything about y'all know? Like y'all know is the he's the perfect foil. He, like he's a low blow and roll. His finisher is a low blow and a roll up of some sort. That is his finishing move. So that just lets you know he's not trying to give you a Daniel Bryan. I mean Brian Danielson uh, matches. He's not trying to do that. But this was even you know rough for his standards. Well, so yeah. <laughs> what worries me is that he's in Chicago, so he could face Zack Sabre Jr. and be the new member oh. of Blackpool Combat. Club. That'd be hilarious. No, none of none of none of you guys will enjoy, but I will chuckle <laughs> and be killing myself laughing that Yano is the threat because Yano is not a threat. <laughs> but anyway, he's a, he's he's great. I love Yano, but this is this is passable, like you said. Doc, yeah, but this wasn't really what you looking for. But uh, no, nah, I thought it was fair, a fair match. Either at the end of the day, uh, just get it over with. <laughs> well, we had the Never Six Man Tag Team Championship Evil Show and Yujiro uh, Takahashi, the House of Torture, mm-hmm. defeating El Desperado, Yushinobu Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. I'm getting better. Uh, distraction for Dick Togo and a loaded boot. And of course, mm-hmm. and a loaded boot. People are thinking, is this really Japan? It was even a brawl before they <laughs> made their entrance. Uh, but again, good stuff. Yes, House of Torture is very, very uh, old school, uh, dirty heel in their approach. Very, very Western, I guess you would say. <laughs> Everything House of Torture does just makes the Japanese fans like they hate it. They hate everything. And but- it's. First of all, he put a wrench in his kick pad, by the way. <laughs> this is people thinking it's just pure wrestling in Japan. And it's like this nonsense going on. And I'm just like, thank, thank God it's it's just not pure. Because like I said, you got to have a bit of silliness. Got to switch it up. Um, yeah, you have to switch it up. We, speaking of switching up, the IWGP Tag Team Championships on the line. Great O'Khan and Jeff Cobb, United Empire, defeating Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, who were the champs. Uh, with Bullet Club, uh, Owens was hit with a tour on the islands. Uh, after the match, Rocky Romero hit the ring and tried to beat down a Khan and Cobb. A Khan and Cobb <laughs> destroyed Rocky before posing yeah. on his corpse. Uh, so he switched again then. I think that's, what, three or four times in the past month the titles have been changed? Yeah, this is... Again, I, ne- I didn't understand. Other than the fact that they wanted the imagery of the Bullet Club taking over, I had no clue why they ever gave Chase and Fale the belts off Ocon and Cobb, who were obviously heading towards something with FTR here. And uh, I was just happy that they they won their belts back because I thought they never should have lost them. And uh, they the best back, they the best tag team in the company, if you especially if you go off character and just what they can do right now. So I, I, I was happy. The match was solid. This was textbook to me. I had no problem with the with it. I like the finish, so that worked for me. But yeah, I don't. I have no clue why they even needed to give Chase and Fale the belts because straight up in a one-on-one match, because UE wasn't even the one pin when they lost the belts. So they just kind of just straight up like, nope, all right, you had your fun, give it you back. You have them now, yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's Hill versus Hills, which again is right. a bit weird where it's like, oh, 
United Empire or Bullet Club, but now they're kind of fighting. I mean, like I said, it was it was a right, and I'm watching it and thinking Owens and Farley, the two members of Bullet Club, I've seen the least. So it's always good to see uh, a match of theirs. Then we had the interim AEW World Title Eliminator Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroko Gotu. Uh, and again, really, really good match. Tanashi landed the crossbody in a high fly flow to win. And of course, move on to John Moxley at Forbidden Door. Uh, mm-hmm. The ace carries himself like a star. Uh, yes. There's a choice near four at the end of the roll up. But, you know, it's, it, he's just got it, you know. And, and again, it's yes. someone I'm getting accustomed to, but you can just tell just through movements of the match. Oh, man, he's so good. And the thing is, and I don't want to say this like it's a slight. It's the same thing about Suzuki. You can't say this because it sounds like you're disrespecting where they are now. But, like, man, just, oh, my goodness. In his Like, even younger, in his younger days, Tana was just unbelievable. He's still unbelievable, too. And like you said, just a star. He gets it. He understands. And like you mentioned earlier with Chris Charlton, he also highlighted that Goto beat, beat Moxley in the G1 the last time Moxley was there. So it made Goto even feel more legit. Even though I love Goto, he just never really wins in these situations. Like, he he's won G1s. He's won the New Japan Cup multiple times. And he's never won the world title. Never won that big one. He's awesome. He's the creator of the Yushi Garochi. A move everybody sees all the time. Goto is awesome. I just want to re- give him some love real fast. But anyway. I mean, uh, Monkey, like, Monkey, you got you got to answer me this as well. Because this is the one thing that, like... um. I did actually have as a question going into this that I wanted answered. Has um, John Moxley ever faced Tanahashi before, like a one-on-one, or is this really the no. first time? It's the first time ever. They, they, it's like, mm. it's like Moxley said. It's kind of like whether it was with bad luck or whether it was with the G one scheduling. They have right. never had a chance to finally just go at it one-on-one, and yeah. they've mm. kind of hinted at it. They're, honestly, but, yeah. there's a quote. That Tanahashi used, I think it's in the countdown, right. uh, and basically Which was said, great, by the way. Mox was saying, "Oh, three years, you know, it's taken me three years to get to you. You know, you've been right. ducking me for three years." And Tanahashi said, "No, it's nah. taken you three years to get to my level. To my and level, you're finally." <laughs> and they really said that. I was like, "Oh shit!" I love yeah. it. Definitely thinking that uh, uh, John Moxley is uh, fed up of this and wanting to get one over. So this is going to definitely be an in- interesting match tonight. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, but yeah, the match with Goto was awesome. Like you said, you know what Tanahashi is all about. I know what Tanahashi is all about. So I'm just really, really happy that a lot of, mm. our, a lot of the worldwide fans finally get a chance to see the ace of New Japan and why he has been the ace for so long. I, I, this was my first time actually seeing Tanahashi in action because I did watch Dominion and I got to admit, I was really impressed um, and kind of very excited to see him as the winner because I was like, OK, I need to see him against John Moxley, you know. So, I mean, yeah. from, coming from someone who isn't hasn't always watched New Japan. Seeing this guy, and like you said, you could be right that, you know, back in the day, he was even better than than what he is now. But yeah. For me, I was like, he he's great now, <laughs> you know. Right. So, I, so that's I, my I point. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. That's my point. Like, he's great now, but he was off the charts, you know. Yeah. And I I like to commonly say that, like, around the same time John Cena was on our television screens every every week, Tanahashi was carrying New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you, you guys are finally getting a taste right of how he was able to almost single handedly carry that company. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's that's good shit. That is, and up about good shit. 
Uh, we had the Ooh. King of Pro Wrestling title, 10 minute unlimited <laughs> pinfall scramble match between Shingo Takaki and uh, Taichi. Uh, this was like NXT UK on speed. With about 10 <laughs> seconds left, Taichi sparked up, trying Shingo for a quick three points with a clinch pin. Taichi covered Shingo for an additional point. Thus, Taichi was catching up. The clock ran out of time, meaning Shingo retained with a final score. 10. Living the team, right? And it, yeah. meant, it wasn't just, it was pin attempts that they were counting points. So every two, you know, was the two points. And I thought, this was really, really clever. And they said they're attempting different things. And it's something that I had never see, see, seen before. And speaking, I agree. speaking of wrestlers and Japan again, you know, I've said it once, and I've said it a thousand times, but I would like a wrestler who sings himself to the ring and rips his trousers off I'm sorry, but that is entertaining. I agree. Oh, my God. I'm glad you get it. I'm so glad you get it. Tai Chi is awesome. When he rips off the pants, he's getting serious. <laughs> and it helps that, it helps that. by the way, when he was chubbier, he, they used to be so much tighter on him. It was, it was very hilarious to watch him go from the tight pants to rip down into some even tighter trunks. But anyway, uh, with Shingo out there, who's just, by the way, if you guys, I'm so happy that he is on Forbidden Door. I'm so happy that people get at least a taste of just how good the former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is. And this is, like you said, another great example of that with Tai Chi. He, he made Tai Chi go into another gear here, too. So it, this was just perfect. I really, really enjoyed this. This is perfect. And, uh, and then once I finally got the gist of how it was scored, like you mentioned, I was like, yeah, this was so fun. Like, this was just so fun. It's it's one of those things. Uh, it's been a long time. Saying that, I thought I'm going to try that with my mates. I've not wrestled with my friends in 20 years, but it's saying <laughs> just counting pin attempts. Not you don't need to get victory. Uh, the never open weight championship was on the line next as Carl Anderson defeated the champion Tama Tonga. Uh, this is the most motivated I've seen Anderson in years. I mean, his impact run has been yeah. all right but they have been phoning it in. Uh, and this was a good story that goes back over a decade. Mm-hmm. Goes to the incarnation of the Bullet Club. You know, uh, that's the that's the strong suit of this match. You know, Tama Tonga and Carl Anderson are OG members. They were right next to Prince David when or or Finn Balor, if you don't know, when, who, when they started the Bullet Club, along with Bad Luck Fale as the muscle. So... The story that they've been telling as the Bullet Club basically kicked Tama Tonga out. And, you know, Tama Tonga and his basically ever since the first time since he was a young lion, pretty much, that Tama Tonga has been running around his base face now. So it's really, really different to see him. But the storytelling here uh, really went hand in hand with the action. And I don't, you know, it probably wasn't perfect, but the commentators, like you said, Chris Charlton and Kevin Kelly, I think sold the story really, really well. And I thought the competitors really compelled me into this story, too. Uh, Carl was just a foil all throughout the match. And then, you know, and I thought Sean Thomas showed really great fighting spirit here. So, you know, this was just great. This was really, really good. And then with the with the story, uh, and with Thomas losing the way he did, because I didn't really like how cheap that finish was, it kind of just made me build, okay, so they're probably going to build this back up to maybe Thomas can, find, can get some revenge down the line. So I have no problem with this. Uh, this was really, really fun. But yeah, man, this is deep, deep-rooted uh, stuff with the Bullet Club. And uh, basically, uh, like you said, really, really good to see this version of Carl Anderson. I think if you watch Carl Anderson in WWE or Impact, 
you have no clue what you're nah. dealing with when it comes to New Japan call answer. I don't know yeah. what it is about Japan, but he always stick, like steps it up in Japan. It's, it's, like, it's he's funny. Great. It's like how shit Doc Gallows gets. Carl Anderson gets better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a level of matches to do. But again, it's a good maybe, point. Maybe- Maybe uh, Doc is just always meant to be like the hype man because he was definitely like the hype man for for Carl Anderson, wasn't he? I can see why they came up with a Cletus character, whatever it was called. Well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. he did that just bring up Cletus. Jesus, that's not oh. bad. But again, Monty, we'll talk about the commentators. And the commentators did an excellent job of explaining every kind of matches we're going into it, the reasons behind what was going on. And basically, mm-hmm. if it was in for your first time, kind of explain. I always remember Stan Lee saying about a comic book, you know, it's always going to be someone's first comic book when they pick it up. So you're going to have to explain right. a little bit of the story. And it's exactly what Kevin Kelly and the other fellow's name, I've forgotten him, but credit, Chris credit to him. Chris Charlton, credit to him. Uh, we then had the United States heavyweight title on the line next. With Roll Ospreay defeating Sanada. And again, Kevin Kelly explained the Juice situation, who still mm-hmm. has the belt. So there was no right. belt. No so belt. Roll Ospreay won it with a pair of hidden blades and a Stormbreaker. And then didn't get the title. So just had the Rev Pro, which again, yeah. great to see the Rev Pro Championship uh, repped here. But just had. I've not seen a lot of Sanada, but these two meshed perfectly. But again, this yeah. has been injury and supposed to happen quite a long while ago. Yeah, this is exactly. This is something that I think if you kind of looked at how they were booking the New Japan Cup, we were probably going to get this match right after that if, if Sonata don't get hurt there. And then, you know, if Osprey's injury history didn't start to extend right after that, too. So, you know, everybody involved with the U.S. title right now in New Japan is, is having tough luck when it comes to that. But Sonata is awesome, one of the smoothest wrestlers in the ring, another member of Los Angeles Nobile de Japón. And uh, so. You know, it, he's he, of course. I, I'm not surprised that this was smooth because I know how good Sonata is, and I, he's another one of those guys that I hope in the future gets a chance to show the world at how good he he can be. Because man, you get him in the ring with Okada or guys like Osprey, and you really get to see what Sonata can do. I just wish he had. He was more. He has this gimmick of the cold skull, so all emotion kind of. He's not really an emotional type of wrestler. And I think that takes away from him in this case because Osprey broke his face, man. Like, why weren't, like, you got to be more, you know, you got to hate this guy. He broke your face the last time you were in the ring. So I just kind of hate that. I thought they missed the opportunity there. But the match itself, man, was great. And, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's say like you can team up with Tyler Bay and um, Jungle Boy and just kind of be these kind of, yeah 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 because i think it's the uh, he's handsome but they just kind of just yeah just just be handsome don't do don't don't do anything don't smile don't don't yeah just be handsome sonata's awesome though but uh this is great for osprey to to get this because like i I figured this was gonna happen so i thought it was the next logical step but uh yeah the u.s title man was such a mess that that was the first time i think in a while that they had in New Japan, they've had to just directly acknowledge that yeah, the title <laughs> is a mess right now. Title. Look, that's how yeah, the, the title's not even here. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, well, I tell you, one title was there was the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, yes. which was defended in the main event uh, with Kajuka. Uh, I always get his fucking name wrong. Kazuchka. Kazuchka. How do you actually Kazuchka? Kazuchka. I don't even know if I can There you go. Kajuchka Akana. I can say this one. Jay White. 
Yeah, um, wait, there you go. The thing that I really liked about this match is, yes, it went 35, 40 minutes, you know, long. Uh, but Jay White had this gleam in his eyes from mm-hmm. the very beginning he came out. And, you know, thanks to Strong and Impact, I've seen a ton of them this year. And I've been really, really thankful. Um, and, you know, I think with Okada, for a guy, it's like you've had so many six-star matches. When I don't right. see him performing at that level, I think, is he a little bit off today? <laughs> like, is, he, right. is, he, is he selling or is it the character? Whatever it there were so many good things. I love the holding of the wrist. You know, when you drop your opponent and you keep that grip, uh, it means you've mm-hmm. got wrist control there. And a great closing sequence. And Jay White beat Akada clean. Uh, this yes. was great, great stuff. Uh, what do you think about the match, Monty, before we talk about the <laughs> Jay White giving MJF a run for his money in the promos afterwards? Right. Yeah, because that really that really made this even better to me. But this was crisp, like you said, smart pro wrestling, and just this was different. Like you mentioned, I've watched every time Jay White and Okada over the years have gotten the chance to go at it, especially in these big matches. And this was the first time, other than maybe a few seconds with some well timed help from Gato, that Jay, like you said, not only won this match but kind of dominated this uh, this match with uh, Okada for the most part. And it just made me proud to just kind of see him work now. Because like you said, he's just in a different... He's always been good, but now it's just like he's in that mo- mood where you can kind of see a wrestler start to be like a master of their craft. And I think, especially in heel work, when it comes to uh, being the fall of Okada. And Okada is the boss at the end of each level. He's that final boss character that, uh, you know, we know Michael Satamara, uh, you know, symbolizes in NXT UK. Well, I don't know anybody who symbolized that more than Okada with the run he's been on over the years, basically since he came into New Japan in 2012. This whole decade, he's been dominant. So to see him lose a match like that and Jay White never really kind of even seemed like he was on the edge of, of losing it, this was completely different. And I just loved it. I just loved to see that progression. And I and at the end of the night, before you know, before, to lead us right into the promo, the crowd even had to kind of, you know, come around and be like, yeah, no, you did. You did great, Jay. You know what I'm saying? Like, they even had to give him props because he executed that well. So I could watch them go forever in, in my in all honesty. <laughs> well, that, that, and then afterwards, Jay White got the microphone and just, I mean, Monty, it was just money, wasn't it? Really? <laughs> Perfect. He even explained something. And during the match, he was telling the fans to speak. And if you know, in New Japan crowd right now still have restrictions on what they can do. They can clap, but they can't chant. They can't do any, you know, anything because they're really they're really buckling down on on, on COVID over there. So uh, they can't do that. And I thought Jay White was just being a, a good heel by toying with them and saying, "Ah, oh, you can't make, you know, come on, say something, just say something." And then at the yeah, end, just heckling he, them quite a lot. Right, but he explained that he was saying many, many years ago, his last night as a young lion, he told them in Osaka there that, uh, you know, that they were like his family. So he was frustrated that they weren't making noise for his big moment. So, and then he kind of got some of them to start breaking the rules, you know, because he kind of made them all feel like, you know what, you did do that. You have been here from the start. You know, you we have watched you grow from that young lion, Jay White. To where he is now and then like you said when he got backstage and just explained why he is the creator of AEW basically <laughs> it's just oh, chef's kiss man it's chef's just kiss. yeah the can't, ca- the can't do it justice and I, I don't know if it's because of the swearing just you know 
But when you put that's like true a, too. A, a fuck in there or something, there's so much more impact. It's kind of jarring because you I agree. You don't hear that anywhere else. And it's Jay White going, you know, you know, I'm the fucking man. You go, yes, you are. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So like that was that was one of the big things when I first started to get into it. Was like that made me want to seek out the comments because at first when I was watching Music Fan. They didn't subtitle the comments immediately. You had either a couple days delay, sometime a week, depending on what it was, many years ago. Now they've done a great job of getting subtitles for the Japanese wrestlers. But I've always been able to hear what some of the foreigners were saying because they weren't speaking Japanese. They were speaking English for the most part. So, you know, when you get the, when you hear that, when you get a chance to hear the people uh, speaking English and they get to cuss and they get to do, like, all of that stuff that we're not used to seeing in other promos, it does add an element of realism that I think other companies just don't have it because they're not, you know, they're on television. They can't do yeah, stuff like yeah. that all the time without bleeping it out. But it's yeah, it does shame, add that element. It's a Shane Douglas thing of give me the fucking mic and all of a sudden, yeah. like, oh, wait a minute, like, you know. Okay, he got something to say, right. But um, like I said, excellent stuff. But there was a big announcement as well, the G1 Climax month. You did touch on that. The lineup quickly is yeah. Okada, Tamatonga, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tom Lawyer, uh, of course, coming from New Japan Strong. Jonah, so fucking pleased that he is going to be in awesome. there. Yoshihashi, Hirogoku Gotu, Toriyano, Tomohiro Ishii, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Cobb, Great Akan, Will Ospreay, uh, Shingo Takaki Sanada, Jay White, Kenta, Balak Fale, Owens, Juice Robinson, Zack Sabre Jr., Lance Archer, David Finley, El Fantasmo, and a couple more I can't mm-hmm. pronounce. Uh, and this is all. Damn, I'm gonna have to watch this. What the hell? That lineup sounds so fucking peak. So Monty, explain four it. Four blocks us. of seven. Yes, four yeah, blocks of seven. Yeah, we're doing four blocks of seven this year. Uh, it was the first time they've done that in a while. Now I think I, I think it's like 2000 or 99, something like that. But yeah, uh, biggest tournament of the year for New Japan. They they bring around all the best wrestlers they can get around the world. And they work it round robin. We'll see who uh, at the top of each block will end up meeting uh, everybody at each block. Like A and B will verse, will fight each Hold other. On. And it, top of C and D will uh, fight each other. Who's Jonah again? Remind me, he's from NXT, wasn't he? What was his Bronson name? Bronson Reed in NXT. Uh, he was Bronson Reed, yeah. That was Bronson Reed. Jonah on Impact, yeah. Oh my God. Is he he's being part of the G1? I'm going to be watching this. Yeah, yeah, see, there you go. Going to be really, really good. <laughs> it's going to be great. Shit. Awesome um, wrestling. Yeah, can't wait for that. So we'll keep updated with that as we carry on. Uh, on June 20th, on the New Japan Roadshow, we saw Tomohiro Ishii beating Yoshinobu <laughs> Kanemaru. Yeah, gotcha. And Clark Collars beating Tomako Honma. Yeah. Yeah, Tomaki Honma. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They went on to face each other on the uh, June 23rd <laughs> show uh, where Ishii defeated Clark Connors. Um, we It was announced, though, that Ishii suffered an injury and would not be able to compete at Sunday's pay-per-view against Slack, Pack, and Miro. Clark Connors takes his place. This is not a bad match, but Ishii was injured going into this. And, Monty, I'm going to ask you a question. Was he forced to work? <laughs> Uh, I don't know about force. First of all, it's definitely a possibility. Let me start off saying that. <laughs> but I don't know about force, but I do know that he is not real. I do believe this emphatically. Same thing with, well, not so much for Hiromu because he's not in the G1, but yeah, 
they are, you know, I think the reason why this knee injury, I don't know how significant it is. We'll find out later if he's replaced in the G1 too. Maybe it's more significant than I thought. But if he's still going to be fighting in the G1, then they're definitely just trying to, you know, they want him ready for the G1, not for just some four-way match yeah, for a title that they probably don't think he'll win anyway. So, well, yeah. The big news on the same show in the main event, Taji Ishimaru, the Bullet Club man, successfully defended the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship right? against Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, now, this could have been a match on Dominion, but they decided to make its own show and main event it, which, again, really, really liked about it. Really fun mm-hmm. match. But my favorite, you know where I'm going with this, man. Kushida. <laughs> Fucking Kushida, yeah. our man He's from back. NXT, you know? we He returned, took the mic, announced he signed with New Japan forever. Well, <laughs> he said, I'm not going anywhere. He's in me days for the promotion. Uh, Kushida, <laughs> I fucking loved it. And I'm actually going to see him in, like I said, the junior heavyweight division, which is just going to be a pleasure to watch. Yes, it's going to be awesome. I'm happy that he's back home. We called, uh, we called, you know, Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan. The only other person I've ever even seen them refer to as an ace was Kushida as the ace of the junior heavyweights because he was literally kind of in the same boat kind of in this past decade of just having awesome junior heavyweight matches with everyone from around the world. Uh, just uh, I could go down the list, runs on forever for all the awesome stuff that Kushida did in New Japan in his first run. So I cannot wait to see what happens. But I will warn you now, and I will warn everybody. Kushida said that when he when he left, one of the reasons why he left New Japan is because they would not switch his character. He wanted to try something different. He has been emphatic that now that he's back, that that is no longer the case. <laughs> I want to come back and do this and do that. I want to let you know right now, wrestlers lie. <laughs> I'll just do the same shit for nine years. No problem. <laughs> no, but like so I'm just letting you know. What, but this is gonna be great either way. What an exciting time for New Japan. Like we said, they're getting a crossover appeal, obviously, with AEW here tonight. But as I said, with Dominion, and uh, they've been they've been smashing it at this moment in time. And again, I'm not one yeah. that watches every single event, but you know, with Dominion, I watched it in its entirety. Uh, obviously, it's almost uh, impossible to watch everything. Yeah, I mean, uh, main event <laughs> matches, matches, other matches that kind of tickle me interest and stuff like that. Right. Uh, yeah. But, and also, we'll say New Japan, which has been banging out the episodes, coming up to the hundredth episode in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Uh, we had Fred Rosser win the strong openweight title, beating Filthy Tom Lawyer, and again, Fred Rosser, former Darren Young, um, built, you know from the ground up, been rejected by WWE 40 times, he said, by AEW a few times. Yeah. Uh, strong, you know, New Japan took him on. And another thing I like is the development of Tom Lawyer now going to the G1 Climax because it's saying, look, you might have right. done this for a little while. Now here's your kind of promotion, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, yeah. Yeah. really good stuff. But that's it for Japan. And of course, we're going to get onto the card and Dynamite in a bit. But we're going to do a little bit of news. Uh, and up first, well, Unfortunately, a couple of passings away, and Melanie Pillman uh, sadly died this month as well. Brian Pillman Jr. announced that his mother uh, had died. Um, it really, really kind of sad situation um, that's coming out of that time. Obviously, Pillman um, has had his struggles in the past, so well, you know, thoughts and prayers to be with him at this moment in time. And also, uh, we lost WWE referee Timmy White. 
Um, again, an absolute legend in the business, uh, especially during the kind of attitude era uh, that I remember seeing him. Uh, of course, being the referee at King Ring 98, a shoulder injury whilst going ahead in the cell. Um, but one people, you know, people people don't like know about Timmy White. He's used to be Andre the Giants. I say handler, probably not the right expression. But uh, if anybody, <laughs> if Andre ever needed a beer or anything else sorted out, uh, he would do it. So um, it's sad that Timmy White, um, he will be missed. So like I said, a couple of sad ones there, um, and also another one to talk about AEW wrestlers, Jay as well looks like he's not going to come back to aw anytime soon after being arrested for domestic violence uh and next week we're going to dive into vince mcmahon um you know have a proper look at it have a argument either way but gina we were talking you might not you know we talk about money in the bank not sure if you can make it or not. So I'm just going to ask you, it's just quite an easy question, Gina. What are your thoughts on this whole Vincent Mann situation? Like a, you know, five-minute chunk. <laughs> um, I, I'm not surprised by the situation. I know stories floating out about there, about his past and how he'd been. Um, so it's not surprising or shocking to me. What surpri- surprised and shocked me is him turning up on both Raw and SmackDown as if to rub it into people's faces I don't know I think that was in bad taste um wasn't for me I actually I didn't watch Raw or Smackdown live but um when I watched it back I had to fast forward it because I couldn't even stomach looking at him if I'm truly honest um so yeah for me I just kind of felt like that was a dick move and that was Vince McMahon basically saying you know fuck you fuck everyone and all these allegations coming out um in my eyes, yeah, it was disrespectful with what's going on, and I just, I just think that um, it's best that he's stepping away. I think he should stay that way. In in other words, fully step down. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if this gets hushed up really quickly either, because Vince is, you know, what do they call it? Those type of people like a mogul or something, you know, where they're really high up in in power. So I'm sure it's going to kind of get swept or stories at least will get swept under the rug. Um, it won't be as publicized like the, the Johnny and Amber situation. So, um, yeah, I just think I would like to see him less and hear about him less. I just have no interest in him. So that's my thought. I <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go into a bit more detail next week. But it looks like John Laurinaitis at this moment is the full guy for it. But... Again, it, the the sad thing is, is that we can all say none of us are surprised. You know, you look at the history of WWF for the past 30 years, even, and I'm talking about, you know, before the steroid trial with Pat Patson, you know, uh, and the rumours about that, uh, with, with other things involved as well. So it's like it's a delicate situation, but Vince to come out of Raw and SmackDown is kind of... I, I think I know how he's going to play it. So it'll be interesting. Obviously be, I hope passing the power over to Steph is not just a move to show, oh, look, I've done it. and But yet he's still in charge of everything else, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Sure. So far, yeah, okay. yeah, I was about to say, like, so far, I, I honestly think that Right now, as long as it's still an investigation or as long as it's still, like, up in the air, 
he will continue to be involved. Maybe down the line, or maybe if we find out new information, something can actually change. But uh, as long as, as far as I'm here, as long as he himself paid for it himself, then I don't necessarily know anything the board can actually do. Now, if he used company funds or whatever, then, yeah, they may have something to actually be able to get him out of there. I'm assuming it obviously isn't that easy to prove either way because we haven't heard anything yet. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, tough, tough, really, really weird situation. And, you know, we can get into it more as more comes out. Yeah, without shallow doubt, we'll talk about that on the money. But now it is time for AEW. And we like to talk about, we've got Dynamite and Rampage review starting from June 1st for the first time live in L.A., and we get an angelic opener uh, that serves a spotlight match for the new world champion CM Punk and Ring of Honor Tag Champions FTR to defeat the acclaimed Max Caster and the Gun Club. Uh, but i got to say, Jaxie, Billy Gunn's love of the acclaimed as sons is one of my favourite things right now. You just can't beat that, you know? No, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it just works. I mean, I'm even enjoying sort of the whole entrance that they have. Like, you know, we've always enjoyed um, Max Caster's little raps, um, especially because they're always so impromptu and real um, and touch on real life stuff. So it's a bit of lightheartedness as well at times when he's not being reprimanded. Um, but just kind of adding uh, both Colton and, oh, crap, I've forgotten the other brother's name. Um, they they both you know kind of doing that that Austin. sort of thing. Of, thank you, Austin. Austin? Yeah, it's Austin. Yeah. Um, having Austin and Colton kind of offending the crowd, and then like you know by calling the wrong city out, and then having Anthony Bowens, who still is in a wheelchair injured, uh, then coming in to do his part. Not only is it kind of reminding us Anthony Bowens is still there, he's still a prominent role within the group, um, but at the same time it gives him something to do, and it, and it's kind of a nice repetitiveness like it kind of takes me back to sort of the attitude era when everyone had sort of a real uh you know gimmick for their entrance uh, and it's just very likable it's very likable to see sort of billy gunn looking at max caster and anthony bowens as sons as well um it, it's really interesting to see where the dynamic is going to go from here because we will probably eventually end up in a, a, a feud between both teams but i'm just really enjoying it it's that type of light-heartedness that you kind of need to break up the seriousness of different stories that are coming in and out of AEW at the moment yeah i think without that <laughs> this is gonna make us i say old i can't believe this is only like three weeks ago now seems like an age mjf's pipe bomb <laughs> on June 1st. No, that happened last year. I'm pretty, pretty yeah. sure. I mean, <laughs> God damn it. I don't even want to admit this, but I kind of miss that idiot. <laughs> well, I was thinking it was a work, and then I'm, going, I'm not that sure anymore, you know? Um, yeah. But it's, it's weird yeah. to see MJF talking, obviously, you know, fucking Mark and talking about ex WWE guys. Um, but we'll move on on Dynamite. And, of course, ex-WWE guy Johnny Elite's open challenge answered by ex-WWE star Miro. I hope they don't get paid more than MJF. That would really piss them off. But it is great to see Miro back as face <laughs> as well. Um, again, it's always good. We've talked about it for a long time. And to have Miro back can only be a good thing. We had a nice NXT throwback with Regal announcing Blood and Gun for uh, the JAS and the BCC. But, Monty, did you think Regal didn't really mean it? 
You know, he 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 wanted to say war games, <laughs> didn't he? That's what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a force of habit, right? Just to be like war game. He, I don't know, man. Uh, it definitely don't compare to the old chant, but it was definitely nice. He's like, oh, so they did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I tell you what, you could tell Jericho's a wizard because they pulled the hair versus hair back. I think, didn't they? Uh, with Ortiz, but of course, we've got that. <laughs> coming up as well. Then we had AEW World Tag Team Champions, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, partnering with Christian, uh, Darby Allen and Matt Hardy to battle the Bucks, Red Dragon, O'Reilly and Fish, and Hikaleu and Bucks got the pin on Jungle Boy. Hikaleu uh, bumped off the top rope to the floor where he landed on his head, but quickly shook it off for the yeah. next spot. To be young again, eh? <laughs> to be able to land. <laughs> Well, you know, his father's haku, and, yeah. you know, they used to have that hard head. So I was like, maybe that had some effect, you know, how headbutts wouldn't work on haku. So maybe falling on it doesn't It's like work. a Superman I don't know moment. They go back and off. there's a hole in the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The concrete came off. Uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed latest addition to the AEW Women's Division, the Fallen Goddess, Athena Palmer. Fallen newcomer can say much. Uh, Gargu- Jade Cargo. Uh, with Rev Velvet and Kira Hogan, new publicist Stokely Hathaway interrupted. Hathaway cut a promo in Palmer for a tenth stare down with Valentine and Chris Atlander coming down to help as well. And then we had Wardlow beating JD Drake. Tony Storm, Ruby Soho beat Brett Baker and Jamie Hayter in an entertaining match, and Ruby actually getting the win. So, Gina, we're actually seeing a little bit more now of, um, I say Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. Do you think they only put this match because people were about Britt Baker winning all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. Um, it, it just kind of felt, again, a bit random. This is the issue that AEW have with the female division at the moment. Sometimes these, these matches are just so impromptu and it just doesn't make sense. And it would be so good. They've got such a great roster there to build storylines and put some things in there. They have been trying with both Ruby and Tony. But to be honest, they've in a way, they've slightly kind of buried them already just with the storylines that they have put them in. Um, and I get it. They should have been elevated. They're not really going to start at the bottom of the chain because of who they are and they're well-known and they're, they're great wrestlers. But it just it, it sucks when there's not a cemented storyline in place for them. That's kind of relegated them to feel a bit irrelevant. Um, so, yeah, I, to be honest... I'll, I'll explain more when we go through the match card, but I am probably the least excited for this women's match, even though it's the only female match on the card because of the lack of build to it in my eyes. I'm not as excited for it. So, yeah, um, I, I do think that they put this match in place just to, you know, give some wins out there because there have been some hard losses um, already taken. But what they're going to do with them going forward, like what's going to happen in this match, again, is going to kind of go back to my saying of they're kind of throwing them under the bus a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's interesting. There is time on Dynamite, but it just seems to be in the same position. And another annoying thing as well, and if you notice it once, you always notice it, it's like all the women's segments are put together. You got like kind of Jay Cargill uh, promo, mm-hmm. women's match, and then another promo. Usually, their matches in the same spot, by the way, too. Yes, all like the time. Usually, like right event. before the main yeah. event or whatever. Yeah, same spot. 
Definitely. And it's always, you know, they, they have to put them all in, in the same pro, like part where everyone is like everyone comes out for the save one after the other, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, face is getting beat up in the ring. So then a, 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 a face comes out to make the save, but then another heel comes out to like be up that hill, but then another face comes out and it's just like a kind of recurring cycle. And it's like, Tony, you got all these hours to play with, start putting some more women's matches in there and spread it out because otherwise it's going to become a thing and you're going to start pissing off some like dedicated fans. You, you've got, you've got really great talent across your women's roster. Just give them time. And then the main event was Moxley versus Daniel Garcia. Can you, and then you're thinking, well, the main event's not that strong. I know it's Mox, don't get me wrong, but with Garcia, that could be anywhere on a card. Why don't you change it up a little bit and put women in the main event or the opening or something a little bit different? Of course, Moxley won this one and added his name to Blood and Guts. The Rampage, June 3rd. Uh, we had Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers. The finish came with Matt pulled off the mask of Penta. Super compared to both Lucha Brothers and the Bucks finished Phoenix with a BT trigger. Bucks back in the hunt. But these two teams are incapable of having a non-match of the year candidate. I mean, Jaxie, imagine this on, on Double or Nothing rather than the Hardy shit show we had. I mean, it, it it's... Very hard to disappoint when you put both teams in a match anyway. I think that any match that they they are put in um, against each other it is of like pay-per-view caliber, you know. Um, you're, you're never bored watching the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers go at it. And it's like, you know, we, we see them so often and yet all, what they produce in the ring is just is not something that's like that you can get bored of. It's not recurring stuff like it's just always keeping you on your, your your seat, you know? So again, like you said, it was kind of like a match of the year candidate already. Um, it was a really, really exciting one between the both. And again, you're just constantly left wondering who's going to win because both teams are just so goddamn good. Honestly, really, really good stuff. And speaking of uh, teams who should be in the tag title hunt, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks destroyed a couple of unnamed jobbers whilst they had a promo. I mean, literally, the promo hadn't even finished by the time the match did. They did the Roman Brave finish, though. But, Gina, is this enough? Do we need more? I mean, the thing is, I'm always happy to see my guy shine on screen. But, again, they don't give them enough time. Right now, we get the kind of tag team of... Hobbs and Starks predominantly shown on Rampage which is only a one hour slot and it's like we get we have to get their promos merged in with their matches to the point where their promo overwent their match you know and it was just a bit like as much as I love seeing my man if you don't have the time for him this week then don't bother to put put that on because you could just extend another storyline that you've rushed through Mm. And, and give that the extra time, then maybe dedicate some time the week after to Hobbs and Stark's story to keep it going. Either that or just hurry up and buy a second goddamn hour slot because it's getting a bit ridiculous <laughs> where Rampage is so good. Everyone does tune into it because you just get so much jam-packed, but it's a bit like whiplash sometimes. You're like, wait, what just happened? What storyline are we moving on to next? And what's going on now? Don't get me wrong. I'm so happy that there are multiple storylines going on for all these different teams and singles so it's, it's not necessarily all having to be 
centered around a title picture, but we need the time to let those storylines like sit in with us so that we can retain what's happening week after week rather than saying, oh, wait, who was Dark Order's turn beefing with last week? Or do you know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things where it's like you need to invest in another hour for Rampage or you need to kind of pick and choose time slots on and which shows you're going to show people on to give more time to cement stories. Yeah, I think without a doubt, I think this is a problem that we've seen. You know, it's like even people that go see Rampage are surprised after when they go see like a firework display that there's not a bell sounding right after because like literally with Rampage, it's like fireworks, bell sounds right, you're in the match, quick, get the match done because we've got so much for it. There's no point having four matches on an hour show when, it you know, it can't even breathe. Um, but again, like I said, they're, they're talented, but it's just not enough time invested. Uh, we then see Stokely Hathaway was confident that Kira Hogan would whip Athena's ass. Uh, unfortunately, she didn't. Uh, but I tell you something, Athena had a really cool jacket. But Monty, I will ask you, because I know you were a massive Ember Moon fan. Athena hit the Eclipse, or whatever it is to be called. But maybe reserve it for big matches, because I worry with green talent not being able to sell it right. Would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, it could definitely go wrong. I think that's a fair uh, thought process. Honestly, uh, I've, the thing is about the Eclipse, is always such a sight to see. I'm surprised she hasn't come up with a legitimate second finisher anyway because I feel like that kind of hurt her WWE runs that they just kind of got relying on making her come out every week, do the same thing, work a decent match or a good match, and then do the Eclipse. So for the for the looks and then, all right, you, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like you would want her to be more than just that awesome finishing move. And you're right about the safety. If they're not used to taking it, you might want to ease them into being ready to take those uh, take that spot because it can go wrong. Uh, but uh, honestly, uh, it's just the thing is, it's such a beautiful move that it's just great to see it. Like you forget all of that when you watch it most of the time, because it's just it usually is uh, so, you know, it's just done the right way. I love it. One of my favorite finishes ever. So uh, I do think it's still fine. But, yeah, she probably could dial it back or at least, you know, like you said, do it on special occasions, big matches, pay-per-view, stuff like that. Well. CM Punk entered the ring with teary eyes. He's telling us that he would have given us all until the wheels uh, came off. And that's what happened. Punk delivered good news and bad news. He's injured, which is good news. No, it's not. And he will cry surgery. However, there's only one bump in the road. Punk will return to prove he is best in the world. Uh, as for the AW World Championship, Punk didn't want to hold up the line. And then the promo got quite confused in here. It sounded like Punk offered to relinquish the belt. But Tony Khan didn't want that, and the world title was extremely unclear. Later on, the program was announced and introduced an interim world title. A battle royal will open Dynamite. The winner will wrestle number one contender John Moxley in the TV main event. Even though it wasn't, it was Wardlow, but kind of Tony Khan explained that as well. The winner advancing to the forbidden door. Uh, nice and simple there. Jaxie, it's a shame though. CM Punk, top of the world at double or nothing. And now, nowhere to be seen come Forbidden Door. Yeah, man. Uh, damn. The, the, this, uh, it, it kind of, it pissed me off, like, to hear the news, but it also upset me to hear that Punk is injured, you know? Um, I can't deny that I was not, like, itching and excited to see who Punk could be potentially be facing at Forbidden Door um, to have 
that taken away so soon as after he got the belt. It's it's quite disappointing. Um, I do think that uh, I I don't think I'm mad at the fact that they haven't really fully taken the title off of Punk and that they're kind of having it as an interim because whoever is the winner, um, you know, of tonight. I, I am intrigued. Whichever one wins, um, I think it would be a great match uh, when CM Punk finally returns. Um, and I kind of, you know, still want to have that run that we didn't get. Uh, the the anger inside me, though, is kind of like, damn, he gets the title, he gets injured. And in my opinion, if we knew this was going to happen, I would have preferred the title to have stayed on Hangman Page a little bit longer mm-hmm. and have him going into Forbidden Door as the actual champion. And it kind of get it, it, you know, as a wrestling fan, you can't help but think of the what ifs. And I think that if Hangman Page had hung on to the title um, for a bit longer to get to this stage, I think this would have solidified and made his title run even better than than what it was. Uh, I, You know, I'm not saying it was the best title run. Um, I'm not saying it's the worst, but I feel like he didn't have... Uh, he sh- could have had longer, maybe should have had longer. Uh, so there's a part of me that is a little bit gutted with how things have played out now that the title was actually taken off of him in the first place. You know? Yeah. No, I think about that. I think there's a lot of frustration everywhere, uh, especially mm. even more so than with CM Punk. You know, because when people say, "Oh, you know, okay. you didn't hit that move, you're a bit broken down," and then to get injured, it's not, it's not helping. With Tony mm. Khan, it's you know, it sounds like the interim title. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's trying to buddy up with like Dana White. He's going to Dana like, hey Dana, I got interim champions. Like you have a UFC, you were mates, didn't we? And Dana's just like, yeah, all right, buddy. yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, <laughs> the, it would be interesting to see the TNT Championship was on the line. The main event with Scorpio Sky beating Dante Martin uh, with a TKO. And then June 8th, we had Dynamite. And who would challenge Moxley? Well, we had a battle, a casino. Battle Royale to determine Moxie's opponent kicked off. Uh, Darby Allen, Daniel Garcia, Murdoch, Madman, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, and Tony Nice kicked off the match. Then Ricky Starks, Jake Hager, Ray Phoenix, Swerve, Swickland, and Keith Lee arrived on the scene next. I will say, anybody that doesn't think AEW's roster is stacked, watch this fucking Battle Royale because, again, you think, oh shit, they're still there. Oh, that's, you know, the Dark Order's John Silver and the acclaimed. Um, uh, Konosuku, Taka, Monty, help me out here. It's not Taka, Taka. Takeshita. 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 I will not say that wrong. Takeshita. I'm not going to. And the gun club entered after really having a countdown. Yeah, the countdown happened. They stopped and they started again. Dante Martin with a Utah powerhouse of Red Dragon. Uh, round off the four card theme suits and Andrade returned after a couple of months off entering as the Joker. Swerve eliminated Lee. Uh, U2 eliminated Hobbs. Andrade, U2, Phoenix, O'Reilly final four with Kyle got the big win eliminating Wheeler, Utah. Um, Gina, what did you think of this? Because I thought it was a little bit plodding at times. I mean, yeah, it was okay. To be honest, I forgot about it until you just reminded me. So that kind of says a, a lot, um, but I think I may have been distracted during whilst I was watching the show as well. So it, it was in my eyes, it was good. I I I'm always happy to see you to like be used. Um, 
yeah, I don't really have any other comments. Why, why didn't they have Ricky Starks win? Why'd go Carla Riley? Surely he's had enough opportunities, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, like, literally, it should have been Ricky. No, I'm joking. It was it was nice because they were touching on certain, you know, storylines that I have been playing out, you know, with the whole Swerve and, and Keith Lee, with uh, Hobbs and everyone. So you do, you do get their little bits in between, but was no big deal to me, and I was I was happy with the outcome. So I was like, okay, come on, bring on the main event now. So. Well, I'm going to start hashtag, hashtag justice for Starks, right? It, it, it's it's <laughs> too much at this moment in time. I'm going to get T-shirts printed. Well, you know, and Tony Khan's going, do we want to show people more Ricky Starks? No, i tell you what they want, another AEW title belt. Uh, <laughs> that's what came. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Cool's talking about the success in the United Kingdom. Where? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe maybe on ITV, but I've not seen them. Jackson, Gene, have you, have you seen these guys? Is, please inform me, guys, because I don't know. So, yes. How big is AEW? Seriously. <laughs> it's not. The, the, the reason why is it's on ITV. Is it because of Pop? It's on, well, like in America, you know, you've got the kind of traditional, you know, what is it, four or five channels, NBC, ABC, whatever it is. Uh, we've mm. got BBC and ITV over here with kind of four terrestrial channels, as it was, not really anymore. But it, yeah, so people can see Rampage and Dynamite, probably about 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, you know, 11 o'clock at night, probably on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Uh, and that Ooh. would get more viewers, so that would probably get 150,000 people compared to Raw and SmackDown, which is on BT Sport, which is what you have to pay for, uh, and that would be live uh, as well. So AEW saying there's more people who watch uh, their product than WWE, which, again, <laughs> I'm not going to start an <laughs> argument, but... <laughs> haven't been over here uh and, and again they've got a nice yeah. united kingdom flag on the belt but it's not enough you know it's like the women's division it's not enough um but i mean my did... thing with japan is in on the pacific that was always my thing <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing that confused me like we just go the pacific ocean don't matter i guess Indian, the other ocean. Okay, we're just going to leave it there. That's fine. You, you think Tony's <laughs> yeah, going to bring I, out... Yeah, I don't think they probably thought they through, did they? Yeah. Tony's got different seas of championship belts that he's going to use. The Arctic Championship. The Red Sea title. Yes. Yeah, we're going to go there. Um... In all honesty, though, back back to being serious. Second, the um, the title had qualifying matches, uh, and we started off with Pack battling Buddy Murphys. Now I know I've said this. You know, this is a match I wanted, so I'm glad people are listening to this. And I was pleased for another tournament. Um, but again, AEW haven't done a show in the UK. TNA sold out in the UK. So AEW should be fine, but times have uh, changed a little bit. Uh, again, this was a really fun match with uh, Pac getting the win. Someone said that the this is the IC title belt of AEW. 
<laughs> really? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's not going to be treated like the IC title belt. That's what I was like. Well, because we know how well what the, the TNT hell? title is being treated. Like. Okay, yeah, what is the TNT title? <laughs> like, what is... Oh. I don't, honestly, I don't know. I don't, know, I don't, I don't think know. we could compare belts, really. <laughs> it just doesn't really work. No, I, just don't, I don't understand. But Excalibur yeah. revealed that Penta will battle Black in the opposite side of the tournament. Uh, ensuring a few for the two faction continues. Uh, Trent Barrett has spoken his despite not having his friends by his side on National Best Friend Day for issuing a challenge to FTR on behalf of him and tag partner Rocky Romero. Uh, Ring of Honor tag champs hit the ring admitted that they did not beat Rapongi Vice. Before the promo go any further, Will Ospreay made his first AEW appearance following the distraction that allowed associates Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis to attack Beretta. The hills laid out, Beretta stood tall, uh, and then the show transitioned from the hard-hitting showdown between the former world champion, Hangman Adam Page, and New Japan's David Finley. Second-generation star Finley took off an ugly landing from Tope Suicida, but not the buckshot lariat. Um, so, first on this, first off, um, Gina seeing Will Ospreay in AEW has got to be a big thing, and what did you think of David Finley calls Fit Finley's son Wrestle Adam Page. I will say Page having a sip of a fan's beer is why I love him. It's just such a cool moment during this match. <laughs> definitely, definitely cool. Um, it was def- it was my first time seeing Will Ospreay, to be honest. Um, I don't even think I think I'd seen him once, but I totally had forgotten who he was. So it was it was enlightening for me to see him. I was pretty impressed. I'm not going to lie. I quite liked him after that, seeing that match. So it made me more interested in seeing him again and seeing the build-up to Forbidden Door. So um, I definitely enjoyed the match. And like you said, just seeing Hangman like that is, is always fun to see because that's that's what we're used to with Hangman. He used to do that a lot in the early days of AEW. And it was really fun when he interacted with the fans, taking their beers and having a drink. So it kind of felt like a kick back to old times as well. I think we're out of that. And then Paige challenge uh, Kajika Akada for the IWGP Championship. And to be interrupted by Adam <laughs> Cole. Uh, Cole said he should really want to challenge Akada, call himself the new franchise player. And again, it's what we want. Paige versus like, how? Cole. That's, that's what everybody wants. I was like, why? <laughs> what the hell did Adam Cole do to think that he should challenge Okada? That's all that confused me about it. I know the, the the Owen Hart thing. I guess that's what... I guess they're just supposed to erase losing to Adam Page all that time, I guess. That's the only thing I thought. But Maybe okay. Adam Cole thinks opportunities are based on alphabetical order. So, so ah. if, every time <laughs> he's going, well, I've got an advantage. I have got an advantage. Uh, we see Wardlow expressing his desire to challenge for the TNT Championship. Dismayed by the total treatment throughout the semi Guevara Scorpio Sky nonsense of the last couple of months. Sky sought to answer the challenge, but cooler heads and Dan Lambert prevailed. Thunder Rosa made yet another defence for AEW Women's Championship, battering Marina Shafir in the same spot every women's match is on. Roll up win with Rosa retaining. Yep. I don't think that's happening. After the match, Tony Storm hit the ring to save Rosa from sneak attack at the hands of Shafir. That should be good. Jaxie, let, let him have it. Go on. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't really know. I, I, there's no excitement, no build-up uh, between Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. And as far as I'm aware, they just keep coming out and saving one another. So why are these two fighting? Um, 
again, this just kind of goes continuously goes back in a circle. I think we've not only mentioned it already on here, um, but also on previous uh, podcasts, how this women's division just I'm not sure what where where things have gone wrong, because when Brett was reta- holding the title and sort of defending the, the the feuds were there, the stories were there, you know, people were getting invested. I'm not sure why, but the, the, the stories aren't making me invested in in the matches. That being said, when the matches happen, Thunder Rosa and whoever she's going against actually put on a great match. I really enjoyed Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. I thought it was a great match. I just felt there was zero build-up to it uh, for people to invest in. And it kind of goes the same way again with this story. Uh, anyone who's only just kind of ch- starting to tune into AEW are just going to constantly, constantly see these two women on Rampage and Dynamite like coming out for the save to the other one and then like both kind of looking at each other and then looking at the belt and they're kind of like well why are you coming and saving one one another if you both are feuding they just there is no story it's like make it make sense and you're not making it make sense tony come hire me if you need some creativity for the storylines i can help you with that but something's got to change uh you know if thunder rosa is going to have an actual decent run where you know people actually don't just look at the caliber of the matches, but like the the caliber of the stories and how invested they've actually been in them. Um, then it, it's not really fair to Thunder Rosa, who's not really had any screen time whatsoever. So yeah, I don't know. Things need to change for real. But if it was with Tony Khan and it's like, well, Kenny Omega's helping out the women's division, and it's obviously not enough. Maybe crazy idea. Maybe get some women to help out the women's division. You know, whether it be ideas <laughs> or I don't wow, know, right? crazy. It's I like, mean, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, what do we think? Like, go on, Tony, be daring. How about you hire a woman to actually handle the creative for the women? <gasps> Imagine that. But the thing is, as well, it's, it's like the of emails as well from people going, "Oh, do you know, James? You know what you should do." Do like a top fifty women with Jackson and Gina, and it and it's like, well, they're not just on the show because they're women, and I would never dare to be like, this is what you have to say, because, and that's what AEW are doing and saying to the women, yeah, no, this is exactly. what you want, and this is what you're going to say. How's that working? You know, exactly, exactly. Like things definitely need to change, and I do actually think that by putting, you know, a woman in the creative seat for the women of wrestling it you'll start to see a change you know um there's just something about uh you know and i'm not trying to come across as a, a a very strong feminist or anything like that but like there's something about actually having a man sort of be like okay this is the amount of time you get and you have to share it with all these women that's kind of a little bit degrading you know, let their creativity kind of come out a little bit more because of your stifling the type of caliber matches that they probably could be having. And the thing is, as well, I'm a huge Impact fan. As anybody listens to this will know, they've got Gail Kim there, who's kind of like head of talent yeah. at this moment in time. You've got Mickey James that can come in there. They were even speaking to the locker room about could there be knockouts for, you know, 20 years if they wanted to change that or not, what they were comfortable with. They wanted to keep it, you know. So it, it's yeah. if someone can promotion can't 
you know, treat women with respect or give them matches, then watch Impact. You know, mm. with every paper, you're going to have three yeah. or four women's matches involved there. We just want it on a bigger level. We we just want it. Even I would with, absolutely. You know. I, I would absolutely love it to see that maybe you know the likes of uh, AJ Lee, uh, who's currently doing some sort of like behind the scenes sort of production work, um, especially working with uh, women wrestlers as well. I'd love for her to have some input. Um, you know, uh, Lita, even Trish Stratus. Like you know, you, you've got so many veterans of women's wrestling that could probably come in and even just have some form of input. And I think that that even could change the way that women's wrestling is portrayed. Um, it's just, you know, it's just about them reaching out to the right contacts. And I think that they, that's something that they really need to look at as a company if they want to branch out and if they want to continue pulling in, uh, you know, all sorts of audience members, not just boys and men. And and again, not to go too deep in the argument, but even with a forbidden door, is going you know for for this certain demographic of people, and there's people yeah. complaining that they don't watch New Japan and it's kind of crossover. They're not really sure what's going on, and it's it's for a certain demographic, certain audience. But you're never mm. going to build or be bigger than that unless you kind exactly. of go mainstream with certain other differences, you know. And and even though everybody, you know, mm. we said with WWE, they still kind of you know, know what to do and kind of what boxes to tick in certain ways and i just think with if Ada, if you want to expand from that they'll have to look at certain things you know uh but we saw the main event of dynamite Cena battle royal winner carla riley battling john moxley in a hell of a match i mean felt rush but hard hitting as fuck you know uh mox hit the paragraph shift for the victory here to of course go face hiroshi uh, at Forbidden Door. Rampage June 10th, Eddie Kingston beat Jake Hager. Satnam Singh and Jay Lethal made their tag team debut, killing two jobbers. Uh, Chris Statlander beat Red Velvet with Jay Cargo and the baddies having a laugh laugh as they attacked her. And Jaxie, as you say, it's Anna Jay this time running out to make the save with Athena, even in the odds as well. Mm-hmm. And then the main event of the evening was a trios match with Osprey, Carl Fletcher, and Mark Davis taking on Dax, Cash, and Beretta. Trent got the win, so Will Osprey lost in his debut. Well done, guys. Uh, <laughs> right? Monty, am I crazy here? Am I? Is that? Is, is, is it me? <laughs> no, you're not. I was just. I I love the match, uh, but I just couldn't believe it in the debut when you're trying to explain to a group a big large party portion of your audience who these people are losing a match to Trent <laughs> you know not saying that Trent isn't doesn't deserve respect because he's solid but the thing is you know Trent has lost yeah, matches on television before so he could take that loss and it wouldn't if hurt. you wanted to make an impact on like you know people being like damn who is this guy and right. stuff like you just like flopped that completely <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and, and like we talked about it already with the way the booking has just been so fast paced and erratic. And like I said, uh, you got all types of barriers in, in like in place for why uh, why it's going to be tough to build up a show like this anyway for people outside of these two uh, promotions fan base. So if you're trying to I, I felt so bad for like the casual viewers and I felt so bad for New Japan because I'm like, all right, Will Ospreay, one of your biggest stars. You know, probably the top five stars in your company right now in his debut on a new promotion, trying to you know, you know, spread the New Japan uh, brand, loses uh, with his faction uh, on on his first night. And I just couldn't. I did. It didn't make a lick of sense to me. 
especially when I thought Trent was there for that reason. <laughs> if it was, if it was Moxley or you know, yes, someone, not, exactly. not Trent. <laughs> Maybe even one of FTR, I wouldn't have been yeah. that mad because they were right there and they've been on a roll. So at least I understand keeping their momentum going going into Forbidden Door. But Trent, like it just and yeah. again, I'm not trying to disrespect him. It's just again, I don't understand the erratic like decision making there it just didn't make any sense it's it's worrying because like you know they go well obviously a lot of politics involved and the real reason why most promotions don't get together and do shows is because they can't agree who's going to win because each promotion wants to win exactly so it's, it's even exactly like tony khan beat oh look how great tony khan no he wants the AEW wrestlers to go over that's the issue <laughs> you know um yeah one AEW star that's not going to get over for a little while is Jeff Hardy, uh, who, of course, was uh, arrested yeah. in DUI. Gina, what were your thoughts on this Jeff Hardy situation? Because at double or nothing, the warning signs were there in certain ways, and now this has just kind of happened. Um, again, I don't want to go into the kind of WWE, you know, even WWE people going, oh, we told you about Jeff, because this was someone that we are really worried about. Sorry, was that me you were asking? Yeah, just about Jeff Hardy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's right. I didn't know who you were asking. <laughs> um, no, it is really sad and disheartening. Uh, it really is. We're, we, we're all fans of Jeff in this podcast, and there are so many fans out there who still rate him highly. We know of his past struggles. We're, we've all been supportive, you know, and all the support that he's sought out in the past. And it's really hard to see this. Um, come alight um so for me i kind of i don't see any of the, the hate towards him because i don't look to it mm. but um it, it's like i would always just encourage people to not bring not not kick people whilst they're down you know you just have to kind of try and spread that support um out there and if you haven't got anything nice to say then just don't say it uh, there's a lot of like support out there for mental health, but a lot of it is still, you know, loads of online troll- trolling is one of the higher impacts for it. And, uh, you know, you just be kind. Just be kind. That's all I can say. Again, I'm not making light of the situation, but for Jeff Hardy to miss out on a show called Road Rager, I was quite happy about, really. You know, uh, so that was June. For his health, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> We all thought we all thought that he probably would have broken himself going into this, yeah. especially with some of the impactful matches he's had leading up to it. So I definitely was worried about his his actual health for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. And we hope, like I said, he make a full recovery. And the first match of the night was a hair versus hair contest between Jericho and Ortiz. Uh, Santana and Utah ran down to take out the rest of JAS. The most surprising part happened. Fuego del Sol appeared out of nowhere and hit Ortiz with a bat to allow Jericho to score a win. He then revealed himself to be Sammy Guevara in disguise. So that split happened, what, a couple of months? They thought, no, put Sammy back with Jericho. Ortiz grabbed the clippers, <laughs> began cutting his own hair, and repeatedly said, blood and guts, into the mic. Um, Monty, Jericho is undefeated in hair versus hair matches. Uh, what did you think of this one? Oh, I thought the, the match itself ended up being a nice little uh, fun spot altogether. I thought it was cool. You know, I had no problem with it. Ortiz showed really, really good fire and fight. Thought he did his job to perfection here. 
and I didn't have a real uh, problem with it. It was just uh, with the finish, it was a nice little shock, but it also made the most sense because I literally was like, all right, well, no TNT title for Sammy, so what the hell is next for him? And what can you do? So jumping back into the Jericho, it is kind of a regression, but at least it made sense. You know, uh, him in the in the uh, group makes a lot of sense, and uh, and I, I just think they have a they have a p- potential for a good little story there, uh, depending on where they want to go with it going forward. But I also believe this was just to even out the odds a little bit with the uh, with uh, blood and guts going coming coming up next. So. Uh, I think we will see as time go on that that's what they were setting up here. But yeah, this was I had no problem with this. This was it actually was executed well, even if it is kind of a step back for Sammy character wise. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, up next, right, Jackson, I'm gonna ask you a question, right? What have these people got in common? So we have got Mike Outlaw, Camaro Jackson, Kenny Alfonso, the Deliverer Moses, Raheem Dallas Suede, Dan the Dad. Jay Fowler, S.K. Bishop, Luke Langley, Campbell Myers, ATM, <laughs> Marcus Muncheson, my favourite name ever, Merck Graham Bell, Niles Plonk, close second, Anya, Jay Marston, Darren Motes, Rex Amadeus, Derek Treater, and J.D. Griffey all got in common. That I have no clue who any of them are. Well, they were the security guards Wardlow beat in an elimination style matchup. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry, Rip. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Rip, y'all got your asses handed to you. Yeah. I um, JD Griffey? They did what? Are they just mission baseball players' names or something? <laughs> just... Some of them use that gamer names or something. <laughs> Good point. I think... Darth 69 is not a wrestler's name. <laughs> I'm checking here. <laughs> I mean, I, I would definitely call that a gamer name. Definitely. If you looked up the definition of overkill in a dictionary, you would see this match. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is fair. the best way to describe it. Carnage. That is the best way. Uh, well, we did have following that, Dax Harwood versus Will Ospreay, and our Will got the win. Cracking match. Dax has yeah. blossomed in AEW, and Orange Cassidy returned to face off with Will. So, Gina, you said uh, the NC Will uh, performing properly. What do you think about him versus Dax? I mean, it was really good, but I'll admit I'm so biased because I love FTR at the moment, so I was was still team Dax um, in the match, but it was such a good match. I was so invested and it, it kind of, I, for a moment, whilst watching the match, it, I forgot that I didn't really know Will Ospreay too well as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that I was just watching, you know, a standard AEW match at one point. And it was just really fun and great to see. And like you said, Dax just shines in this match. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, we get a face-to-face confrontation between Moxley and Tanahashi. Uh, Mox gave his two cents before Tanahashi could speak. Jericho and Guevara interrupted the stage because that's what we need more Jericho appreciations. They beat both men down with right. the help of Lance Archer and Desperado from Suki Gun. More people came out and fought and ended with Mox and Tanashi staring each other down. Uh, just too much Jericho. The next match was an all out tournament between Miro and Ethan Page. Uh, Miro won a hard fought match. Tony Storm beat Britt Baker. She was given an interview earlier and should have said, for me, 
she was talking about taking the women's division and didn't use taking the women's division by storm. Print it on your T-shirt. You're welcome. Thank you very yeah. much. Um, I can't believe she missed it. But Britt, proving a point here, I would say, Monty, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. And uh, the thing is about this, in this situation, uh, the funniest thing about this to me was just like thinking about how it was just not too, it felt like what, like you said, a month ago, maybe, this exact same match happened and Britt was the better, uh, better woman here and all of that. So the, it's just everything in the women's division when it comes to booking decision uh, is just so randomized all the time, even in this case. And you guys talked about it earlier about how, how this story, when it comes to Thunder Rosa, like what is the story here? It, it's simple. It's not a story. These are two very popular women who wrestle and we're putting them on the card. One just so happens to be very popular with stardom also. So it's, I can see how Tony can say, ah, oh, a little Japanese connection now, even though it's no, neither one of these women are Japanese. So I, I, either way it goes, it just feels like, yep, yeah, two po- two very popular women in my division. Let's just throw them together. And people will, this will, you know, shut the people who have something to say up. Uh, when we saw a quick segment uh, from Hangman Adam Page, who's attacked from behind by Jay White. While being taunted by Adam Cole from the stage, Jay White say neither of, of is going to be the men he's going to face at Forbidden Door. The main event was the AEW Tag Team Championship ladder match between Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks. And the Bucks won to become the first ever two-time tag champs in AEW history. But it's what happened afterwards. Uh, Jungle Boy was favouring his leg as Christian appeared to be helping him. He suddenly grabbed the young star and hit the kill switch to officially turn on Jurassic Express. He took two chairs and crushed Jungle Boy's head between them with a vicious swing and then went up to Jungle Boy's mum. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but this is things like this. And said you gave birth to a piece of shit. Christian as a hill is fucking money, but I'll get on that in a minute. Gina, what did you think of first the ladder match uh, and, of course, Christian turning? And I've been waiting for it, but I think it delivered. I mean... The the ladder match was great. I was entertained throughout um, from beginning to end. Uh, in a way, there were a few moments that I was like, oh, which way is it going to go? But we all, again, we all saw this turn coming. I predicted it to happen a lot earlier than this, but we all knew it was coming. That line <laughs> that he said to Jungle Boy's mom was so uncalled for. <laughs> it was fucking dark. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. I should not be laughing because... That was just dark, and I don't ever feel like that. That's okay, but I had to admit I burst out laughing as soon as it happened. I was like, "Wrong, Christian!" <laughs> so we all know what type of heel Christian we're getting. Um, I was, I was here for yeah. it. I like heel Christian. It takes me back to kind of Attitude Era where we had, you know, our, our heel Christian. So it's nice for me. I'm enjoying it. For new fans, they may not like it, but for old fans, I have a feeling that loads of people would love feeling this callback. Well, I love the fact that Christian probably went up to him before and goes, look, I'm going to come over to you and say, like, oh, your son's an arsehole. They go, no, 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 call him a piece of shit that we gave birth to. And he's like, all right, guys, I'll see you after the show. Yeah, they probably antagonised it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they, they definitely Literally. were flipping him off back. And everything, so they were they were going at it with them, but it was still hilarious. I mean, I've always wondered about spots like that in terms of you know when they get family members involved. Even back when um, you know Eddie Guerrero storyline with Rey Mysterio's 
done that whole story. Yeah, it's like, how did they explain to this little boy, right? I'm gonna tell you that I'm your daddy, even though I'm not. Okay, (laughs) I believe that. I still can't get my head around it. I, I feel like we should also give like a major shout out to was that Jungle Boy's sister who was just shouting shit back? Yeah. I, mean, I was totally here yes. for it. Yeah, I, I was it. totally yes. here for it. I'm so glad. She, I'm pretty sure she was like, nobody even knows you. You're irrelevant or something like that. And I was all here for it. I was cheering yeah. her fangirl. So yeah, I'm kind <laughs> of intrigued to see how things play out. I'm definitely thinking that we're going to be getting a complete different. Uh, character when it comes to Jungle Boy. I think we are going to be dropping the boy. I think he's coming back a man. And he's I think he's coming back. Yeah, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be coming like back with a vengeance. So I'm really interested and intrigued to see kind of what character we're gonna get once he returns. Do you know what? Mm. I want Christian in the middle of the ring and then to hear Look up, Jungle Boy swinging from the top of the arena. <laughs> swinging, right? Yeah, the way down yeah. to the ring, banging his chest. And like, oh shit, Christian, you're in fucking trouble now, with, son. With all this like big chest hair, you know, on his chest. Oh no, a club. <laughs> as long as he has his hair tatted into a mermaid tail as well, that will set it off for me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, there's money there. Uh, we'll move on. Rampage June 17th. John Moxley defeating Dante Martin. Liam Ruff, the former North American champion, <laughs> and Bear Country were squashed by the Arse Boys and Max Ooh. Caster. The TBS title, Willow Nightingale, got a nice response from the crowd. It didn't extend to the champ, Jade Cargill, who went 33 and oh, 161 days as champ, and we await her versus Athena. And in the main event, Darby versus Bobby Fish. Um, Fish kept up his attack and called Carla Riley's joining with a steel chair afterwards uh, when Alan got the win. The lights went out and it's Sting! He appeared uh, to block Carla Riley's path <laughs> and hit him below the belt with the bat. And then Dynamite, June 22nd. Well, Brian Danielson kicked off Wednesday's show with a major announcement. He is not cleared to compete at Forbidden Door. And he'll not be allowed to compete in Blood and Guts next week. But Brian said his replacement will be the newest member of Blackpool Combat Club, and take uh, his place in these two big matches. Sabre appeared at the end of the promo uh, for a stare down to tease a match that we will not actually see. Uh, so, Monty, again, the the, the curse strikes <laughs> this show. Yep. Um, why bring Zack Sabre to <sighs> out for a face-off that's not actually... I know they've got him there. Uh, but... I was going to say, because he was there. That's the only explanation. <laughs> I felt sorry for him. I felt, you know what made me mad? If you're going to do that, at least let him give up. Like, he, he speaks English. Give him, let him give a promo back. You know, Zach is great. He's very, very witty. At least let him say something. Like, I don't care who you're going to, who you, who you're calling now. Because again, it's big portions of the audience who may not know that he was in the sea in the Cruiserweight Classic a few years back or whatever. You know, there's people who may not know how good Zach Sabre Jr. or who the hell he even is. So just to have him walk out there. Sweatsuit talking, you know, because he's he's always got something to say anyway. So he's talking mess. No one can hear him. So it just was, yeah, it's a very, very weird look when you just announced that the match with Brian will not happen. <laughs> uh, but, Zach, uh, the thing is, we just got robbed of a classic. And hopefully that it just means we're going to get it down the line. And I can't wait for that day. But, man, because, like, I just know Brian Danielson and Zach Sabre Jr., man, 
That that would have sold this card alone for me. You could have just cut off everything else, and I would have paid them full price just to watch Zach and Brian Dash. That's just how good, uh, how great of a grappler Zach is, and just how great of a technician and grappler that Danielson is. So this would have been great, but uh, you know, a surprise. You know, let's see because they can go both ways. They can either let us all the way down, or they can be awesome. So let's see. I don't want to be that guy. But it sounds like Forbidden Door 2 is going to be much better than the show tonight. So I'll, just, I'll <laughs> yes, wait for that one. I agree. Because we're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. Brian, Tanahashi versus Punk, Omega Carter. I mean, it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave yeah. it there. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rapongi Vice and Orange Cassidy beat Will Ospreay and Aussie Open. And I will say, Will is doing as well in AEW as the NXT UK stars are against <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> it's a good point. Uh, FTR Ugh. hit the ring to even things up for the baby face. Preventing Greater Carl and Jeff Cobb from teammates. We then see Christian Cage joining Tony Schiavone in the ring to address his sickening betrayal of Jungle Boy. Citing his loss to the young star at Double or Nothing 2021, the scene of Battle Royale, long-term storytelling, within his motivation Oh, my to join. God. I didn't even remember. No, no Who remember who eliminated Christian? No one did. Joe uh, <laughs> joined AEW as pure greed. He had the audience booing and hurling fanties in his direction. But at the time, he verbally assaulted the memory of Jungle Boy's late father, actively by going, yeah, your dad's dead. Luchasaurus had heard enough. He hit the ring to avenge his partner, but Cage manipulated him. This is the thing I think I like the most from it, was Luchasaurus coming out and going, remember, uh, you know, rem- remember everything that he's done. Uh, remember Marco, you know, that was the moment, I think, for me. And to anybody that said MJF delivers the best promo so no one can get on his level, that's Jay White <laughs> and now Christian. This is Christian showing us what, he can do. There is not many better hills uh, than Christian. Uh, and then the All-Atlantic Championship qualifier, Penta versus Black. Black took advantage of a slowed Penta and blasted with a black mass for the pinfall victory. And then Hangman Page battled Ring of Honor's real man, Silas Young. Um, I appreciate Silas's commitment to the ponytail. I don't think there's, you know, when, when you're going through that much, <laughs> it's like fair play to you. Uh, but this page won the match, but it was the drama between IWGP world champ Jay White, uh, Adam Cole and Paige. Before we could get clarification on who White will defend against the Forbidden Door, uh, we heard, well, we heard the music and it had made the appearance of what everybody has been waiting for, Kachuka! Akada made his first AEW appearance. The Rainmaker cleared the ring and stood tall alongside Paige to close out the segment. Monty, why is this such a big fucking deal? Man, once I heard the coin flip, this this pay-per-view was real for me. This it, it's a big deal on a couple of stances, like a couple of things. Obviously, he's one of the big like you said, all those six star matches over the years that he's had five star matches with the with Omega, Osprey. You just name Naito, just anybody next to Okada. Tanahashi and him have had great series of matches over the years. That's obvious for me. So uh, he's obviously the, the the number one man in New Japan pro wrestling. Has been the number one man since he debuted back in Japan off excursion in 2012. So a decade of this man being basically unstoppable for the most part 
other than a couple of, uh, you know, losses here and there. So he's just unbelievable presence. I don't know if you guys notice, but I notice it every time I, every time he comes out, every time he enters an arena, no matter where it's at, he has that it factor that we were talking about with Tanahashi. Everyone looks to see, oh my god, okay, that's you know that's the man right there, and you could tell, and and like the crowd's reaction sold it too because like you said, even the people who may not know much about New Japan, they've heard the name Okada, mm-hmm. even if it is from an association with Omega and all that. So some people are trying to see. Oh, some people are happy to see him because they're familiar with him. Some people were happy to see him because I finally I get to see what the big deal is about when it comes to this Okada. So, uh, yeah, man, the, like I said, the biggest star in New Japan on top of the world over there for a long time now. And uh, he's just one of the best in, in a lot of ways. But I could go on forever with how good Okada is. It, I say this is when it got real for me. The Forbidden Door really is open because that showed me that this is New Japan fully committed to this partnership so however long it lasts with AEW because when Okada is here you know you can have you know Ishii and Suzuki travels the world he does like an annual U.S. tour like it's people who come over to the U.S. and work with other promotions off and on anyway but when Okada is over here that means this is New Japan's top brass saying we trust you guys we're giving you our biggest star our meal ticket and he's right there live on Dynamite wrestling I mean you know going at it back and forth with Adam Cole and Hangman Page it was an awesome moment. Yeah, well, a couple of things, like I say, with that. And with AEW, you could argue, oh, who is their top star? You know, some people might say Paige, some people might say Punk, others. Yeah. And it's like with WWE, Roman Reigns, obviously, is their guy. Everybody knows mm-hmm. that now. And it's the same, like I said, with Ricardo and New Japan. And for them to kind of let him come here shows kind of what a big deal, what impact New Japan want to make. Because the whole point of Forbidden as well is, is for people who have maybe not seen a New Japan show, to watch his paper and go, do you know what? Let's watch the G1 Climax. Let's watch, right. you know, what's coming up with uh, Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like this as well. Uh, and the other thing, Okada had height on all three in the ring, which again, yes, he was bigger than, I'm glad you noticed <laughs> it. He was bigger than everyone. <laughs> He's legit 6'4", man. Legit 6'4". Okada's oh, like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, he made even Paige look... Yeah. Small, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "God damn it, sign him! He's six four. He's six four. <laughs> All these guys. You transformed into Vince. <laughs> Just get your card out. He'll save me." Um, but we saw as we move on. Red Velvet was injured. Shafira Nada Rose lost to Tony Storm. Uh, Rosa came out after the stop of two and one, as Rosa has done in every dynamite we've spoken about. Uh, main event: Chris Jericho, Lance Archer versus Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi in the Ace pinned Archer. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this main event? And isn't it great where it's like <laughs> Lance Archer is the big show of AEW? If you need a big monster, <laughs> whoever it is, just give him a call. Definitely. I mean, I enjoyed the match for sure. And for me, it was the first match of seeing Tanahashi. Did I say it right? Yeah. Um, it was the first match of seeing like that interaction. But yes. I, I'm, I'm sure that like we're used to seeing these type of matches where people are, are building up to a big match between themselves, but they get tagged together. And so it's kind of a familiar feeling seeing seeing this match happen but um 
yeah, it was good. It was interesting. I was just more interested in seeing the beef pan out between Mox and Tanahashi, to be honest. So I enjoyed it. They had the longest stare-off in history. I mean, (laughs) me and Jassy being twins have had stare-offs for ages. Even when we've been in my father's martial arts classes and we're being told off, so we've had to stand in a position for a long time whilst he finishes teaching the class. (laughs) And we've had staring contests with each other and it did not go on for as long as that. I'm telling you now, that was hilarious. Mox going, are we we off yet? No, he's still up. Still stare at him. Still stare, the national staring competition of 2022, <laughs> won by uh, Tanahashi and Moxley. And then finally, Rampage, 24th June, Andrade versus Ray Phoenix. Wow, great stuff. And AAA is not involved with New Japan. Uh, Roosh, I yeah. thought it was Rush, but all the commentators yeah, are going, Roosh. So Roosh yeah. made his debut during the match. And he attacked Phoenix with a low blow, clearing away for Andrade to score the win with his hamlock DDT. Uh, Andrade's trousers split, and how they didn't split any further <laughs> is a, either credit to him or congratulations to Charlotte, if you know what I'm trying to say. Um, I, was, I was kind of a bit terrified because please correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it kind of seemed to me with the, where the rip was, like there was no boxers underneath. He's wearing little so pants or something. I was completely terrified that if they ripped any further, something else might be on track. We might see Zelly Diallo, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm just glad for him that it didn't rip any further, you know? Yeah. We don't want to see end that, do we, I suppose? But um, again, it felt like a pay-per-view match. This is when Rampage works. You know, yes, they yeah. might not get no any entrances, but there is a rumor swirling yeah. around that the shirt is still attached to Rush's wrist. All right, I don't, I don't know if he's got it off yet. A <laughs> <laughs> real struggle there. There really was. I mean, people happened quite a lot, but there was some serious struggle to get try and get that off. Well, and also, we will let you know more when we get updates about that story. Uh, we will see what happens. Um, Two talents hoping to get some more time in AEW TV got a chance this week uh, when the Serena Deeb and Martinez actually had a match going against Lainey Luck and Sierra. Uh, Serena Mercedes won. And then everyone's favourite best friend of Danhausen was in action this week against the other young man with DKC. Hook won. And then the main event, Cash Wheeler versus Jeff Club. And when the dust cleared, Cobb emerged victorious this led to their tag team partners coming out for a fight. They soon joined by Rapongi Vice to end just like a brawl, uh, like they did for Dynamite. Um, and then I've talked about earlier the 20 minute countdown. If anybody is still listening, still not sure, the 20 minute countdown show video with Kevin Kelly explaining the New Japan wrestlers, yes. kind of what they're famous for. Monty, this was excellent, wasn't it? It should have been clipped on Dynamite. I recommend. For sake. I agree. That's what I was just about to say, man. That's my only. Like, that's what I hated the most. This is the one time, more than any other uh, uh, pay-per-view AEW has done so far, where I think Countdown should have been literally part of the show because they had so much good content, like you said, explaining who some of the people are, but also giving, uh, like, Tanahashi time to speak uh, and kind of reply to a lot of the stuff Moxley has been saying with subtitles and all of that type of stuff. Like, video packages, things that I thought should have been peppered in literally the week, the, the, the show that Punk, uh, the, the show that Punk had the tag match and they announced 
Tanahashi and Punk at first. I was hoping right then is when the video package were going to start so they can start to establish and introduce some of these people to the new audience. But again, like I said, I really recommend if you don't, if you don't, like you said, not sold on the show, don't know much about New Japan, just check that out because they really did a good job with that and it should have attached to uh, at least like, they could have a video package for every show leading up to this uh, big show, in my opinion. It's on their YouTube channel, so you can definitely check it out. So good. Well. There you go. Good. Um, yeah, um, just go to wrestling on YouTube. You you should be able to find it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, Please if anybody's been anybody been listening to us for two hours, obviously we'll even <laughs> hopefully know a little bit more now <laughs> <laughs> when we started. Uh, but you that's know, that's fair. Well, well, we got left. Everybody knows what we got left now. The only thing to do is run through the card and give predictions, and this. I can hear the titling everywhere. Uh, this is where it gets rough now, basically, because we are going to do prediction leagues. And prediction leagues, well, there's three prediction leagues in WNR podcast. Uh, we've got the bonus league. And at the moment, Gina and Jax are on five. Monty are on six. I am on nine there. But we have got a bonus point on the line tonight. You league Gina on three. Uh, myself, Monty and Jaxie, all on four. And, of course, we'll be doing Money in the Bank next week. And the AW Prediction League, well, Gina and Monty yet to score this year. Um, Jaxie's on one. I'm in the lead with two. Monty, do you think you should be doing better? <laughs> no, I don't, actually. Believe it or not. <laughs> because when I watch AW, I just watch it. I don't really... Take. I'm not trying to take away from my predictions. It's just like I'm not. I like AEW. I like to watch it as a fan, but I really do not. I try my best not to get critical at all about AEW for the most part. So predicting is really, really tough because I have no clue what the hell Tony Khan likes a lot of times. So I'm not even gonna act like I'm the, I'm an expert. So I probably should do better this time, but I'm not promising you anything. <laughs> Gina, Gina, was that just me or could you hear the excuses? Falling from yes, I'm telling you right now. That's That's not excuses. He's already planting the seeds. Just planting seeds. Yes, cerebral. Come on now, think. Well, is he is he wrestling? What? (laughs) I want to know. Um, there are three matches on. Is there three matches or two matches? Two matches on the pre-show. Two on the buy-in, I think. We're gonna go yeah. for it. Well, I think yeah. it's three. It's three. I thought there was three, but um, yeah, we're just we're gonna we're gonna shoot the shit. Just, I've got, just go. Yeah, I've got a few matches <laughs> in front of me. We're just we're gonna do the matches I got in front of me, and as we watch the card and think, oh, we've forgotten. Uh, yeah, that should be fine. So oh my we'll god, what a off. miss. <laughs> we'll start. Oh, there is no. You're right. I have got three matches here. We'll start off with okay. Uh, first pre-show match is Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee Suzuki Gun, which is El Desperado and Yushinobu Kanemaru Kanemaru right there so you go. Monty <laughs> somebody's <laughs> gonna right first off the rules of predictions anybody listening thinking what's going on I can confirm everybody has got their predictions written down in front of them yes yes yeah yes I do. I just. I don't know about the mystery match, but I do. That's it. It may Gina be a match going, that going, I don't know yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I was checking in on the school register here. Right. 
So we're going to start off. Monty, we'll start off with you to kick us off for um, that's it, Swerve and Lee versus Suzuki Gum. Yeah. Uh, matches with no bill just really, really suck. To, like, at least with no bill from the two teams here, really suck to try to predict, in my opinion. But what I will say is, I'm going with Lee and Swerve, even though they are literally. In turmoil, I don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't. I wouldn't turn Swerve completely here if you're even gonna do that. I wouldn't even do that here. I think this match they should continue to win even with everything going on. And uh, I love Despy. Despy is a former junior heavyweight champion. He's great. Desperado and Conor themselves are former junior tag heavyweight uh, junior heavyweight tag team champion. So they've done that multiple times. They're great. But I'm just letting you guys know, usually in New Japan, junior heavyweights have no shot. They have never seen anything like Keith Lee for the most part <laughs> as far as junior heavyweights. And I think that is what's going to end up foiling the the, uh, the great tag team that is uh, Desperado and Conor Morrow. So I'm going with Lee and Swerve. Is it going to be like a scene from Godzilla? That's <laughs> Keith Lee. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's very surprisingly fitting too. But yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> okay, see, no. Yeah. Um, right, Jaxie, what about you? Uh I mean I gotta agree here. Um I don't see Keith Lee and Swerve losing. Um I just actually uh I think it's going to be one of those matches that's meant to sort of like build up the crowd. So, I mean, what better way to build up the crowd than have a big bear like Keith Lee just dominate? <laughs> yeah. I've been called that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you got to have your support from somewhere. Uh, Gina, Gina, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of you. I'm going to go with Big Bear and Swerve. Yeah. Uh, Monty, I will be throwing you some of these straight off, just so you can explain a little bit more yeah, for us, it. if you know what I mean. So up next, the Factory, QT, right. Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Chaos. Oh, okay, this one I didn't know. Uh, Hiroki I didn't predict this one. Okay. and Yoshihashi. And now, Gotu lost to Tanahashi, huh. but who's Yoshihashi? Yeah. Okay, Yoshihashi is a Chaos member, which is Okada's faction in New Japan. Uh, really, really known for being Okada's best friend. Like people, he kind of gets like he's he's always been the not necessarily just the butt of jokes, but he's been the butt of jokes, and he loses a, he's lost a lot over the years. But just in the last two years, Yoshihashi has stepped up his game, became a tag champion with Goto, and has just been one of the uh, highlights of uh, of the show because of his improvement. So. Yoshihashi's on the rise, believe it or not, but he's Okada's uh, best friend in chaos. Ah, that makes sense. So there I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chaos. <laughs> Me too. I'm going chaos also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I left that out. I'm going chaos so, Yeah, yeah, yeah. A clean sweep of chaos. Yeah, chaos. Okay. Thanks for that. Do you know team. what it is as well though? Like I, I don't want to kind of like cast any sort of like um Dismissiveness of QT Marshall instead of <laughs> QT Marshall is the best jobber out there. <laughs> like the thing that you have to give him is that he makes the the opponent look great in the ring. Um, so you, yeah. you can give him that. But yeah, there ain't no way that those two are surviving this. Well, uh, <laughs> up next, another pre-show match is the Gun Club: Billy Colton and Austin. Uh, with Max Caster versus uh, NJPW Dojo team of the DKC, Kevin Knight, Alex Coughlin, 
and Yura Yamara. Now, I will say, Alex Coughlin is probably one of my favourite up-and-coming wrestlers. Not many wrestlers can pull off a moustache. He does, and he's got this kind of new inspired gimmick now. He's no longer a young boy. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to right. seeing him in this matchup. Uh, but we'll go. Jaxi, for you, who are you going to go for in this one? Yeah, um, as much as I do really love the Gun Club and Max Caster, uh, I do see the, the other team winning uh, this one. Yeah, Gina. Yeah, I agree. What's the other team's name? It's the New just, Japan team. It's just a dojo. Just, yeah, team. just yeah. the dojo. I guess the LA. Yeah, dojo I'm just gonna go with them. Yeah, yeah, I'll just go with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I was on the same train as y'all, but the the thing that shifted me was like the 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 inclusion of Kevin Knight and DKC. Kind of, you know, not that they're not not that they are young boys, but usually the the younger guys don't win in a lot of these situations, even after performing well. And I think the gun club are is on the rise popularity-wise. But honestly, this could go either way because you can make the same case kind of towards the acclaimed gun club that they don't always uh, win in these spots. So I, I was really mixed up, but I'm going gun club. I'm switching it up. Gun club mm-hmm. there. Uh, up next, well, we had the, <laughs> again, car subject to change. We had Dudes Without You, Sting, Darby, Anahumu, Takahashi, Shingo, Takei versus Bullet Club, Young Bucks, El Fantasma and Hikaleu. But Takahashi currently has a fever, so he's able to travel to the United Mm. States. This is what made me a little bit sad. The eight-man tag match has now been changed to a trios match with Hikaleu now being a manager. (laughs) Now as the manager, yeah. (laughs) Poor Hikaleu. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So, yeah, Dudes Without You there versus the Bullet Club. Uh, Gina, who are you going to go for on this one? Um, I've gone with the Bullet Club on this one. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see them winning this for some reason. Jaxie? Yeah, I have to agree. I do also see the uh, Bullet Club winning this, but I feel like there's just going to be a, like a lot of interference in this one, um, like just loads of like distractions and things like that. So, yeah. And Monty? Out of pure frustration with hoping that Darby Allen gets a win, <laughs> I'm going the opposite, going Bullet Club, because every time I root for Darby, I say, ah, he needs this. He's been losing. And they they continue to make him lose. And I'm thinking maybe they may be having a reason for that. It, it, at the same time, they probably don't. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to Bullet Club too. Uh, I'm going to go with a dude for this one. Uh, and one of the reasons is because it's Sting. Uh, and I think I can't picture mm-hmm. Sting losing as such. I can picture Bullet Club losing without doubt. And another thing, and I hope That's it doesn't fair. change anybody's predictions, but I've been looking at the score. Uh, of this pay-per-view and thinking, mm-hmm. well, it's going to be quite equal. It's one-sided. Get... Yeah, it, it's... No, you're going to have to trade victories to get towards the main mm-hmm. event to actually have Sank on the line if they do that. So even mm. with my scores, True. I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be pretty close. So I'm going to go dudes uh, with that matchup. Yeah. Up next, we've go got Eddie Kingston, uh, Shoto Mino, Willie Utah versus Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara. Um, and, and what's fucking annoyed me about this is they've announced the winning team will, will basically have the advantage in blood and guts. 
which kind of ruined me a little bit. So oh, I'm going to... Really? Well, can't change it now. You've got it written down. But... No. <laughs> that changes everything. That is important. That's, that's, shit. that's, that's important, tough man. Tough shit. Oh, tough that's shit for everybody. <laughs> you shit right now. You I'm putting bullshit on this. Like, you're only just telling us this now. Hey, it's my, my fucking fault. <laughs> Everybody's got the same time. To check it out. I blame Tony. Uh, uh, I don't see any message from you on the group. Yeah. Letting us know this update. Me. And surely, oh, as head of the podcast, you should be making us aware of this breaking we news. We are a team of individuals. There is no leader No, here. James, no? do you know what? This whole prediction, <laughs> if something happens to my scores, it's on you. Right. It's so on you. All right, Gina. Matt. So who are you going to go for, then? You're going to get jumped, my boy. No, you go first. You go first. <laughs> I'm going J. I'm going JAS. I got you. I'm going JAS. There we go. First one off the board. There we go. I also have JAS. Oh really? I actually do. Oh, I put JLS down. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Hills for this one as well. The JAS. Uh, Jaxi. <laughs> I'm going with JAS too. Oh, so everybody changed it. It's great that we got it written down that we can't change. That's... No, I don't care. That's not fair. You just told me so. I'm not even. I'm, I'm disregarding. Just, I'm not the one keeping it. Blame Tony Khan. All right. That's not my That's who I'm blaming. No, James, take it on the so, chin. So random. I already told you about my travel issues today, James. I haven't had a chance to check any news before I got back and jumped into this podcast. So that's why I'm taking this rule and I'm disregarding it this one time. All right, so... It sounds like excuses, James. Yeah, it, is, it is terrible. That's not terrible. Do you, do you say, that doesn't that sound like excuses? Right, so up next, it's a loser leaves their company match. <laughs> no, there is no match like that, I promise. Uh, it's Zack Sabre Jr., <laughs> Versus the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, again, you see, dear listener, you don't hear these three moaning at me about certain things. You see, I'm trying to offer a bonus point to try to, you know, make it more competitive. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like Mystic Meg. So, basically, what I want from Zack Sabre Jr. match is who the newest member will be, yours predictions, please, the ones that are written down, uh, and who will win the match. So, Gina, I'll start with you. Who is your pick uh, to be the mystery and who's going to win? Payback. That's just payback because I forfeited last time going first. So I hate you, James. Um, but do you know what? I didn't know who to put forward. The only thought that I could have really was Cesaro. So I've gone with Cesaro to be the entrant and I've just chosen him to win as well. I, I really don't know with this match. So. That's yeah. fine. Uh, Jaxie? I have to agree. I really struggled to think of anyone else. Like, Cesaro was the only person that came to my mind. So I, I went with that and Cesaro to win as well. And Monty? Cesaro definitely came to my mind, but it was on, it was right next to the other person who actually has a William Regal, a kind of William Regal uh, association. So it's uh I don't but I just don't necessarily think he'll show up. So it's really tough, man. It's like it's like do you just go with Claudio or, or Cesaro because that's what everyone has been that's the most hype I've been hearing, or do you go with Gargano because he actually has a regal 
uh, connection that makes sense. And he's but... in Chicago this weekend as well. I did not know that. I'm going yeah. to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to shut my fucking mouth. You should be quiet. Yes, you should be quiet. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Do you know what? No, 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 no. I am not going Gagano and I'm not going Cesaro. Okay, there we go. Who you got? Oh. I'm just Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Wait, who? <laughs> That's not fair. Like, what? No, it's the same thing. Cesaro is Claudio. <laughs> Claudio Castanoli. That's who I'm going Why for. Why is he Claudio? I want a point for the correct <laughs> name. name isn't you it? want the point. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. No, do you know what, James? That doesn't count. That doesn't count. You Listen, James, you are not allowed to give yourself an extra point if, he, if he's called Claudio because no, we didn't call Claudio. Look. But look, guys, guys, listen, listen, this is crazy, right? So everybody's gone for, <laughs> well, apart from Monty, gone for, oh, who's going to win that one, Monty? Gagano? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Anytime it's a special opponent, even though I love Zach, and I want Zach, I would love Zach to win. I think you go with the specific opponent, especially since they're going to be in blood and guts, and we don't even know if Zach will ever show up in the AEW again. So. I've gone to Zach Sabre <laughs> Jr. to win the match. Sweet. Yeah. I ain't mad yeah. at you, man. I hope so. I, I hope you're right. Yeah, I'm you're begging that you're right. <laughs> Just think this shit. Go, How did you know Zach Sabre Jr. is going to fucking win? Sounds like that, guys. I didn't. I love it. Just a guess. Um, the AEW Atlantic Championship match Clark Connors, Malachi Black, Miro, and Pac. Um, <laughs> Jack C, start us off with us. Who are you going to go for? Uh, I, I mean, this this match is going to be insane. This is one that I'm really excited for. Um, but I'm I'm going to go with my fellow UK uh, wrestler, and I'm going to go with Pack on this one. I think that he kind of deserves it, um, and I just think that uh, I don't think that we need to put it on a heel straight away. So I kind of like the idea of Pack having it. So yeah, I'm going to go with Pack. Monty. I'm going with Miro, mostly because I just love everything he's done, promo-wise, tweet-wise. <laughs> like, his character is just, oh, my God, perfect, perfecto to me. And I was, I don't mind another Miro run as champion, even though I 100% agree with you about Pac, man. He deserves it, and I would not mind that at all. But I'm going Miro. Gina? Uh, I also have Pac down um it was tough because i was jumping back and forth between miro and pack um but yeah as jackie said i'm gonna go with my fellow brit and i think pack really deserves it he's worked so hard and he's so awesome every time we see him in the ring uh he deserves it so i'm gonna go with pack i thought miro and then i thought alistair uh, alistair black now malachi black uh and i <laughs> thought why would they put a british flag Front and centre of that title if Pac's not going to win. All right. So I've got, mm. to go, I've got to go Pac in that one. I have to. Uh, up next, the IWGP and the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles on the line. Rapongi Vice versus Jeb Cobb, Greater Khan versus FTR. Monty, what do you reckon? Oh, man, this was really, really tough. But the thing that sealed this to me was I had to ask myself a few questions on how this would work. So it was like, 
does F, do FTR feel comfortable? Will they do a Japanese tour soon? Is that in the in their plans? Maybe in the next few months or so. Like, okay, they haven't expressed interest. Then I, I, I'd like, okay, will the United Empire, if they were to win, would they come defend the Ring of Honor championship? Which is also a possibility with Jeff Cobb's history of Ring of Honor. So, and New Japan's history with Ring of Honor. So, it, it, it was really, really tough. I, I kind of just threw Rapungi out, even though I love Rapungi Vice. I just don't think they have much of a chance of winning. FTR's been on a roll, man. It's just really, really hard for me to see them taking a loss here, but uh, the United Empire is the only other way I saw it going, but I'm going with FTR. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it was really tough. This was one, probably the, one of the hardest matches for me to figure out for all those reasons I just listed. But yeah, I don't know. I just think you don't stop the momentum or the run that FTR is on. Why not give them more gold? Well, the thing is, FTR could lose this and not get the, and you could set up to a bigger match between like Cobb and Khan versus FTR, but. Being Tony Khan's way of thinking, right? He, he's going to put FTR on top, and then you know he'll say to Japan, like you can, they can travel out there and do that. Because I'm sure this is what FTR want as well. You know, they right. want to go to Japan. Right. They've, they've spoken about this and what it means to him. So yeah, but it was like I said. I mean, the Punky Vice kind of got forgotten about for me. But if Cobb mm-hmm. and Khan do win, it will be a surprise. You know. Or supplies, yeah, as nice. they say. Um, <laughs> Jaxi, what do you think? Yeah, um, I actually did go with FTR, but uh, a, a lot of like the de- decision behind my choice was uh, predominantly because I haven't really seen much of Jeff Cobb and his partner as a tag team, um, so I wasn't too sure whether or not um, you know they would be potentially showing up on AEW um, or Ring of Honor uh, after this, like soon um and again i kind of didn't feel like rapungi vice would be the overall outcome with the two, the other two teams that are involved i also am just quite biased with ftr right now i think they're on a roll um and i think it would actually be great to see them kind of take both titles so i went with ftr yeah about that and gina Yeah, I mean, I said earlier in the show that I was kind of biased against FTR at the moment. They're on such a hype streak. Every time I see them, I'm excited. And they've just been so hot lately. For me, they were the easy choice. But I will admit that my choice also came similar to Jaxie's choice because I haven't seen much of Corbin, his partner, as a tag team to really say, oh, yeah, they could come out on top. So I am a little bit biased with my response. Have to agree there, and then the AEW women's title on the line, uh, Thunder Rose versus Tony Storm. Uh, Jaxie, where do you see this ending up? Um, I mean, again, with with this match, it's not really. There's not been much build up. I don't really see Thunder Rosa losing at this moment in time because of that. Um, so I've just gone with uh, Thunder Rosa. Monty, what about you? I gave I gave Tony more of a chance than I was than I thought going into this, mostly because I was like, so this could go one two ways in my opinion for Donda Rosa. You can her reign has been, you know, reviled and talked about negatively for the most part, other than like you said, the, the highlight with Serena Deep. Uh so could they punish her for that and take the title off her this quick? Or they can go the other route and I think try to give her a, a good a big victory over somebody that everyone respects. In a in a pay per view special here, whether this is the only women's match, the main women's match attraction, I guess you could say. So 
Uh, I really was mulling over this a little bit, but I actually ended up giving it to Thunder Rosa. I agree. I think it's a little bit too soon to take it off her, uh, even though I actually can see them doing it. Yeah. I would have to agree there, but I think Rosa for me would be my pick. Gina? Yeah, Rosa for me too, for all the reasons you guys have stated. And then we've got the United States Championship on the line next. We're Lost Bay versus Orange Cassidy. Now, Again, this might be an obvious choice. We'll be talking about this match for a very long time to come. Even Cassidy and Osprey interaction in the main event of Rampage and the selling of Osprey got me excited (laughs) for this. Um, Again, I can only see it going one way, but I think it will be very, very entertaining. So I'm going to go Will Osprey there. Uh, Monty, what about you? I agree. It's only, uh, I mean, we, we talked about it. Juice Robinson literally still has the belt. <laughs> and, like, he's literally going, like, they're obviously setting up Osprey and Robinson down the line. Uh, I really have a hard time seeing Orange Cassidy walking away with the belt. But, like you said, the, their encounter will probably be uh, one of the highlights of the night and definitely could be a special night, a moment for uh, both. I mean, this is what Will Osprey wanted. He said he didn't want any of the guys who've been in New Japan before. He didn't want any of the WWE guys. He wanted a, the, a homegrown AEW talent to get in there and tear it up with, and I think that's what they'll do. Well, what I heard, the original plan for Forbidden Door and the matches that they wanted, this is the one match that was always scheduled to take place with Lost Brave versus Orange Cassidy. Sweet. Um, so, Jaxie, what do you reckon? Again, I agree with what everyone's saying. My vote is with Will Ospreay, um, but I do think that this is going to be one of those really great matches that everyone's going to kind of go away thinking, wow, about both wrestlers. And Gina? Yeah, I've also gone with Will Ospreay to win. I mean, the the funny thing is, is comparing this back to the Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm match, Tony is, is new to AEW, but people are, know who she is. And I'm more excited about this Will Ospreay match versus Orange Cassidy. And we've only seen Will Ospreay a few times on the AEW. So for those who don't know him from the New Japan scene, I've only seen him these few short times. And I'm more excited for his match with Orange Cassidy than I am for like Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa. And that's because they've built it right. They've excited us with the with the build up to it. And they've made us think, oh, great. This is the match we actually needed and we really want. And I just haven't felt that same with Tony Storm. And this is what they've needed to do with what Will and, and Orange Cassidy have done. They've made it so excited, like us so excited to see it. So, yeah, definitely gone with Will in that one. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And then we've got the interim AEW World Championship line, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, could we see a miracle happen here? Tanahashi getting a victory and take to New Japan. Well, even <laughs> this is what the countdown show was so good because Tanahashi saying he was the key to the forbidden door and his plan to make AW worldwide is to bring the championship belt to Japan. I honestly nearly Sweet. believe him. Uh, Jack C, mm-hmm. what do you reckon for this one? I mean, it, it it's a tough one to call. Again, I'm, I can't say that I uh, have watched a lot of Tanahashi's matches, but what I have seen of him... Um, it does make me really interested and intrigued to see this match, especially um, confirming that we've not seen John Moxley and him one-on-one. Um, I don't know, though. I, I, I have gone with John Moxley. I do believe that 
Tony may want like a, a first two-time AEW champ. Um, and it, yeah, it was really difficult for me to, to think about whether or not um, they would like continue this kind of going back and forth at New Japan. But I feel like with Punk coming back, they potentially would do mo- Mox and Punk because they wouldn't know whether or not uh, Tanahashi would have the capacity to be able to like be there at that moment in time when Punk's return and things like that. So I've gone with the safe option, I think, and I've gone with Moxley because yeah. I feel like this is going to be like an achievement for Mox as well to like overcome. He's never uh, faced Tanahashi yet, but like to overcome that, like now that he's finally gotten there, so. It'll be yeah, interesting to see without a doubt. Gina, what about you? Yeah, I've also gone with Mox as well. Uh, the thing is, I'd, I'd happily lose to this. If it goes to Tanahashi, I would be happy with that because it would make me more, watch New Japan a lot more and I'd just be intrigued with where the stories will go with him. Um, but I do think that they're going to go with Mox just for that option of getting possibly getting Mox versus Punk in the future. Um, and again, I, for me, I, at some point, I thought to myself, especially with Brian Danielson out, I feel like with Mox not being able to be in a tag team kind of feud with him, where is he going to go now? And in my eyes, I felt like he needs to go back for some gold. But TNT wouldn't have been right for him to go for. I think if anything, it would be the championship, the main championship. So I think it makes sense to make him a two-time champ and give him a second, second time run. I would have to agree. And Monty? I agree with everything you guys said. I'm going with Moxley. I, I immediately was like, this is the safe option. This is the one that uh, I can see with the with a lot of the, of the less questions around what's coming next. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because with D1 Climax, the biggest tournament uh, for New Japan of the year, Tanahashi is listed to be there. And he could still be there as AEW champion, but my whole thing is, will Tony Khan let him work the G1, which means he won't be on TV for for, the, for July or August, pretty much. Because if, you, if you're expecting Tanahashi to be able to work that schedule and fly back and be on Dynamite or whatever every other week or so, I don't even know how they can I don't know how he can physically do that unless they're going to do most of his uh, promos from video packages or something, you know? So it's just really, really tough. So many questions. And then if you lose in the G1 and you're a champion, you have to give a shot to, other, you know, you're, most of the time you end up giving a shot to the person you lost to. So I'm like, so if Tom, I don't see Tom Hodge winning the G1, he loses to someone else. Now you have to put the AEW title against someone else in Japan. It's possible. It, all of that sounds cool. It'll be history making. It'll be like some big time shit that I would love to see happen. But I just don't see it happening. I think that's a little bit too far with one show. Uh, if you told me already we're setting this down for Bidden Door 2 next year and all this stuff is already set in stone, then maybe I can see it because the relationship is there. But I still think overall this is still a test on both sides for AEW and New Japan. And I don't th- I don't necessarily think AEW is willing to go that far quite yet with their world title, especially with Punk being out. They do have enough belts, though, <laughs> to put in this position. I will say that. They have more than enough belts to start showcasing. So... We'll see. But well, I'm going with, like you said, Moxley. You're going to Moxley. So, whilst you're on a roll, roll, just ask you quickly, of course, the last match, Jay White, Hammond Page, uh, Kujika Akada, Adam Cole for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I'm sure this would be a good match, but would it work better with two singles rather than a fatal four-way or a four-way? Because I, I don't even know, like New Japan, how often a four-way They match. don't do 
Yeah, they, they rarely do, do them. Right. Yeah, it's very rare. <laughs> like to get the triple threat match from Cody Omega and Okada years ago was was like history making for them. They don't do that often. So, yeah, uh, taking that into account is the reason why I'm going with Jay White retaining. Just doesn't happen often. Would it be? Would I? Would you see a trade off here? Maybe. You know, could you see that? You know, you know, AW adopting. Uh, with Hangman possibly or, or Adam Cole, the IWGP Championship, but with, like we just said earlier, with Jay White just in this belt two weeks ago, I would really not like that because I would feel like even if Okada win, I wouldn't like it because I like so you basically just use Jay White as like a, a English speaking liaison to be your world champion going into this card, and then he just gets get stripped from the belt two weeks. Like I just don't, I wouldn't like that. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm going with Jay White to retain. Yeah, I would I pretty much agree with everything you just said there. If they do that to Switchblade, then that would be tough, man, you know. They yeah, probably, it would, it would yeah. hurt. The really weird thing is, because I've watched Impact as well this year, I've seen Jay White losing to Chris Sabin, and now he's in the biggest match. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. well, what the hell are they going to book him? Uh, but I think it'd be White. Gina, what about you in the main event? Um, yeah, it was really difficult for me because I'm not going to lie, Stephen asked Jaxie as soon as Okada came out, Ricky Starks has a bit of competition now. I was like, who is this? Who is this? He is big. He's big. Oh, my gosh. I think, like, I was looking I, I was looking with beer goggles a little bit. So, um, yeah, I... This match was hard for me to predict, especially because I don't really know Okada. I did YouTube a little bit of him. Um, I want to go with Okada, but I can't think with my bare goggles, so I'm going to go with Jay White. That was my original thought into this match before I actually saw him come out. So aside from my heart flutters, I'll go with Jay White. And finally, Jaxie. Yeah, I agree with what Monty was saying about JY. I don't think that they were just going to kind of have him have it just to lose it back to either Okada or, and I don't see either Hangman Page or Adam Cole potentially, you know, kind of doing back and forth with New Japan right now. So I'm going with JY retaining. Yeah, and I think when we look at it, it's going to be pretty close. There's only a couple we've gone different. Of course, Zack Sabre Jr., it's going to be one that we're going to keep our eyes on. But I guess everybody is happy uh, with the predictions. And, and that is basically it. Like I said, I think two and a half hours is a, is a good time uh, to stop whilst we're ahead. Has uh, anybody else got anything? <laughs> uh, oh, actually, I'll say, I'll ask, you know, a couple of questions. Anybody got anything to say about Forbidden Door? I think we've covered it all, haven't we? Yeah, other than my disappointment in not seeing my favorite wrestler Tetsuya Naito, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, I have a, I, I understand why. You know, he just came off injury. I think he might win the G1, so I'm backing off that argument. So other than that, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'll go ahead and I'm say, say well. that I'm not. I'm not a little disappointed that there are, aren't a few more female matches on this match card, but overall, I am still looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have said the same. I'm disappointed there's not as many female matches, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a stacked um, match card anyway, so we don't need any extra matches. No, like I said, it should be a great ma- a great match card. Hopefully we have a, 
a match of the year that we remember and a couple of moments, um, you know, that stick with us forever as well. Actually, Monty, how much are you paying for Forbidden Door tonight? Forty-nine ninety-nine. Forty-nine US dollars. <laughs> Fifty-four, I think, with, with taxes. For some so reason, there you go. I, I don't want Fight TV hearing this. But for some reason, I'm paying twelve pound for pay per views at the moment. You know what? I, you know, it's I got a laundry list of reasons to leave. I think it's time for me to to get out because, like, this is we only forced to do this because we on in America. Everybody else gets fight TV. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing this over here, Michael. So what? Come join us over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm planning it. We, we're, oh my God, don't even get me started on this, what we're doing over here. We, we, whew. Anyway. Oh, no, whoa. <laughs> yeah, whoa, I'm not getting started. Not, not getting started. Yes, I will join you. I will Come leave this join place us, Monty. Come <laughs> join us. Across the pond, I go. I leap. The crawl. <laughs> uh, but no, in all seriousness, like I said, that, is it don't forget across all social media twitter at the dominar podcast i'm at the dominar jr you can find the entire dominar team on the twitter banner but you can also plug your stuff as well monty where can they find and listen to you um you go to youtube type in monty's universe you can find my channel get some snippets on the podcast or you can go to, uh follow, go follow me on twitter at mind monty pod get straight up links to whatever i'm working on and like i said i'm working on a lot of stuff i did definitely predict this pay-per-view on my own podcast. So you can check that out. Also, you can check out me uh, talking about all the news that happens in the wrestling world in a week. And that's usually a wide spectrum of nonsense. So just, you know, check it out. Come lounge with us. We have a good time over here at the Mind of Monty Podcast. Right, shadow down. We have a good time with you on here as well. See, where can people find and follow you? Uh, you can follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at... And before I ask if you want to follow Gina, they have both said they've got martial arts training. They dropped it in earlier, guys. Right. But that is a warning. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed. You know, just yeah, we've got deadly skills if you ever want to be. Just in case. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. Just need to, you know, lay it out there for anyone who doesn't know. We know how to defend ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely say that my mouth is a lot more sharper than my martial arts skills, though, at this point. I don't didn't know what you're going to say then. I'm just... <laughs> James, keep it PG. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Right? Couldn't help yourself. You yep. help Couldn't it. help yourself. I get scared and a little bit the other way. You know that. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So if anybody wants to find Gina, you can find you can find her in many different ways. <laughs> Especially on Twitter and Instagram at Purple Pain with an E on the end. Yes, and the Dublin of also on Facebook and Instagram across all Google platforms. Send us an email at Dublin Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube Dublin Podcast with all latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube to do SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes we can download, subscribe, rate review there so that is it our next episode we'll be reviewing the forbidden door um and just we're putting out there because we're going to do this on the fly we're doing it live when is everybody available is it wednesday 
Yes, Wednesday for me is when I'm first available. So, yeah, that will probably work better for me as well. Excellent. <laughs> I think it's fine with me. I think. Sorry, yeah. I forgot I was on mute. I think it's fine with me. That's cool. So Wednesday, everybody listening now, you see, you just heard it live. We are going to bring you a review on Wednesday. And then even more fun next Saturday, where, of course, we've got the Money in the Bank pre-show with all the goodness there uh, coming as well. But that is it. Like I said, I've been joined by the entire Dubinar podcast team, the mind of Monty, the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett, of course, the genius Gina. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Until then, I've been James Rowlands. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. Bye.